0: Hey, this is Paige Craig, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? My name's Evan Ferry, and we're on the Moto X Pod Show.
1: What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Moto X-Pod Show. This week, episode 197, brought to you by our title sponsor, Cherby's USA. For decades, the Cherubis has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last at Cherby's, Has What You Need. Visit CherubisUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Brian Fullerton, Talon Volan, take care of you. Let them know the Moto X-Pod Show sent you. Gave some cool cherry stuff away last week. Where uh, Brian came on giving some hats away. Still need some contact info. Uh, if uh, Sky, pay attention. If Scott Sampson jump, jumps on or Twit59, I need their contact info for okay. the hat still. Also want to thank X-Brand Goggles. The new Lucid is out if you're watching on YouTube. Got them in my hands. These things are amazing. You can also find them besides xbrand.com. You can go to your local dealership and ask for the lucid supplied by wps our fly racing reps that work for wps those things there should be in stock in a lot of the a lot of the dealerships hit them up go get them oh you know and if you can't find them in your dealership hit me up darksidemx mx3 at awell.com i try to get you some i've got some i can sell ready to go with that uh but x-brand goggles obviously on board with this torque one racing shock socks all sport dynamic wrist braces blood lubricants Use promo code MOTOX all cap to save. Fly racing, power band racing for you, WP suspension guys, extreme colors, helmet painting, Williams Moto Works, Berm Lords graphics and jersey ID. And of course, R Jerky, eatRJerky.com. Visit those guys. Use promo code pod 21 to save. I know our guy, Craig Martin, made a uh, an order this week, giving some away. Got some hanging right here from the mic. Just for you guys to look at and salivate over. I want to thank all of our sponsors. Speaking of sponsors, uh, Scotty, we've been doing a bunch of giveaways the last couple of weeks. We got a lot to talk about on the show before that we get to our guests. We're going to try to run through it quickly. Bunch of giveaways, bunch of contests. Uh, Brian's going to give away a two hundred and fifty dollar gift card, I guess, or however they do it, worth of a Cherubi stuff to our top Patreon supporter i've talked about patreon.com you can go to patreon sign up you can basically you know give us money every month you can agree to give us five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month al simpson is our top patreon supporter so he has won 250 worth of free a cherubies pro, uh, product it's a whole kit right there pretty much a whole kit or oh, you could do a lot of stuff with 250 at a, a Cherby's. and then we did a, another contest where we wanted our listeners to post a picture of their bike that needs plastic, whatever, tag us, tag A Cherubis USA. I picked a winner. That's at Fraser028. So he also wins $250 worth of A products. So that's Matthew Fraser. I want to congratulate those guys. Uh, we have our blood lubricants winner. Uh, that was the Jake Weimer contest trivia question. That's Josh. Joshua oh, what What
2: was the answer to that?
1: I don't have it in front of me. So, thanks for asking that. Uh, yeah, I'm um, sorry.
2: I exposed you. Yeah. Uh,
1: thanks, dude. I don't have my answers. You know what? I, I can give it to you, though. <laughs> I don't gonna, this a, is uh, exciting right here. Yeah. But best finish in second season. What position? And uh, who won? And he got... <laughs> I don't have it. Here we go. Let's see. You Talk for a second while I look for it. Oh, yeah, here go. Okay.
2: okay, you got it?
1: Uh, Vegas, 07. Okay. He got uh, second to Dungy. Oh, okay. yep. Yep. So Jake Weimer. But anyway, that's uh, some of the stuff we've been giving away. We also did a contest that I thought was badass. It's involving a couple of our sponsors, which is really important to us, blood lubricants. And I wanted you guys to go buy some blood lubricants. Send me a copy of your receipt. Let me know how much you spent. Whoever spent the most was going to win a brand new set of twenty one Fly Kinetic Mesh Gear. Zero entries. I don't understand, Scotty. Like, I, I don't get it. I guess they all just
2: wanted me to have a new set of gear. Uh, yeah,
1: dude, I don't know. So we're just going to give it away to one of our Patreon supporters. Yep. That's, they're gonna, somebody on Patreon is going to get a set of gear. I'm not sure if it was they didn't want to go buy oil. I, I I mean, I feel like we all need oil for our bikes, our side-by-sides, and there's nothing better than blood lubricants. And yeah, that's, that's, that's
2: weird. That's weird to me that nobody tried I thought it, it was a little strange. Maybe i um, have to try again.
1: So I, I was a little I'm, – I'm pretty disappointed. If I'm being honest, really disappointed. But we're gonna give it away to patron supporters. It's like
2: the it's like the teacher talking to the class after they everybody didn't do good on a test. Like, yeah, I'm disappointed I'm really in all of so. you guys,
1: man. I don't know what to think. Anyway, so that's what's up with that. Uh, as far as the intro, if you're watching this back on YouTube, there was no music, and the reason for that is you know I'm always Scotty, complaining about well, there's there's technical issues here and there. It seems like it's been a little while. It's a techie world, man. But I'm working on trying to to promote the show, the YouTube channel, to grow it. It needs to grow. It's very stagnant, hasn't grown. I don't really understand how to promote those things and make them take off. Like, I see people do it, and all of a sudden they have thousands of viewers. Yeah. And there's tricks to it. I don't know those tricks. So I've been reaching out to some people. We're working with some guys. Luke Nestler from X, um, may help us out, a few other people. But I went back, and I was like, all right, well, I want to get – I want to look at some of our old YouTube Videos from like the last few weeks or last few months because I never go back and check these things out and see how right. they sound or look. I don't look at the, I don't go back through the comments from the the live chats. So I opened a couple of them, and I thought they sounded awful. TJ's like, oh, it's not that bad, but on every one, the intro song, the the main event moto band, the main event band, Daniel Blair's band, the music is like all over the place. It it's. It's loud, and then it drops off, and then it sounds like it's in mono. And come to find out, the switcher that we use for you to change the cameras back and forth right. that TJ got, there's something with the way the sound input goes into that. It doesn't agree with that system. There's some things that we're going to have to figure out. But that's why I didn't play the intro music tonight. It just, I, I couldn't stomach it. It will be in the audio for the podcast. But anyway, that's, that's why that was different. We're gonna to try to get these things fixed because I want the show to be. We had a fan suggestion. Better. They okay. said,
2: like, get a, get a a, a pro, one of those privateer guys. Like your, I guess probably I'm guessing what he means. Like your A rays and your Ks that have a big social media. Yep. and get them to call in for a weekly check in.
1: Yeah, there. Who is that?
2: That was Jake Curry.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think Jake has been. He's been messaging me about that. We've been tech, talking about that for a little while. He's mentioned that, and that's that's something I'm working on. A that's, good a, idea. that's something I want to do. Uh, I've got a couple guys in mind, so when I'm in Salt Lake City, all the all the 250 guys, the prop tiers will be there. So yeah, that's a goal. We're going to work on that. Okay. Um But but I also know there are tricks like hashtags and yeah. different things to make sure that your YouTube stuff. And some guys on here have reached out, but I think we need to hire somebody to start getting some of the numbers growing. But I want when I get when I show them the show, I want it to be like top notch, and I just don't feel like. Since we got this board and we're using the switcher, there's just some issues. So anyway, enough of that. I know nobody really cares. We still got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about all the stuff that happened, Atlanta two and three, because it's, we haven't done a show since those. Yeah. Um. Did you, were you gonna say that? More? Oh, I was just
2: saying. Like, I don't Where do you start? It was a roller coaster. The yeah. the Speedway provided uh, for sure.
1: It was interesting. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Team Solitaire, Nuclear Blast. Those guys, man. I've always. Really enjoyed going by their pits because I'm a metalhead and Nuclear Blast is a metal. Oh, I meant to say I'm label. digging.
2: I'm digging the Great White shirt.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But they every time every year they have like a demo CD they give out if you go by their pits mm-hmm. and it's got like Rob Zombie, Machine Head, a bunch of bands you probably don't know, but bands I yeah, like. I, come on, bro. I'm sure you know Rob Zombie, but yeah. a lot of these bands you don't know, and hell, I don't know a lot of them. But it's heavy metal, like yeah. and stuff, and it's it's rips. And dude, they had the. But Robbie Wageman had the most killer gear set up. I, I, I'm fly for life, but Liat Slayer. Oh, they they made a Slayer gear. Yeah, they've done that a couple years what? in a row now. And dude, I, I want some of that so bad. I was like hitting their social media up. I was hitting uh Robbie. I was like, dude, I need that jersey. I need the hat for the studio, or that the helmet for the studio. Wait, who who
2: who has this? What, what well, what Leat made it. Yeah, okay. Well,
1: it's a Liat gear. I don't know if they did the printing right. or if Team Solitaire It's the Slayer gear. logo. It's on the helmet, it was on the bikes. It's That's sick. sick. Like Jericho sent me pictures of it. He's a fellow metalhead. They do it every year. It's badass, right? So I want one of these jerseys for the studio and the Team Solitaire guy like on Twitter, he's like, "Well, here, we'll send you a contract over. You have to say something positive about Team Solitaire." For 666 shows in a row. (laughs) Like, that's like uh, a thousand years. Yeah. And he's saying you have to sign the contract in blood, which I was down with. Yeah. That part I was down with. I don't know if I can do 666 continuous episodes. That would be really difficult. Yeah. But anyway, I want to give a shout out to those guys. Robbie Wagesman is going to be on the show next week. Robbie is going to ride the 450 this week at Salt Lake City. Okay. So that's cool. So Robbie will be on. We appreciate Team Solitaire. Anybody that supports metal, you, gotta, so you got you right.
2: got your, You got your jerky hanging over there.
1: Yeah, of course, our jerky. Yep, we're going to be some of that away. Okay, uh, St. Jude's, we got to talk about that, but I got to pull that email up real quick. You guys saw this last week. St. Jude's is, it, is doing the auction. Like, they've been doing yeah. the last couple of years, a lot of cool stuff. I'm just going to read this email. Uh, Sean Brennan asked us to promote it, and obviously it's a, a fantastic organization. It's a fantastic partnership with Supercross. Trying to, you know, find a cure for cancer, right? So these kids don't, we don't have any more kids dying from cancer. Everybody's behind it. There's no way you couldn't be. Uh, For the third year in a row, we are excited to be hosting an online auction in support of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. The biggest names in Supercross have once again lent their support to the St. Jude's mission, finding cures, saving children. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude's for treatment, travel, housing, or food because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Just as the We Won't Stop text-to-donate campaign has been saying all season long, we won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Auction items include autographed jerseys from Cooper Webb, Ken Roxon, Eli Tomac, Justin Barsha, Jason Anderson, Adam Ciancerullo, Aaron Plessinger, Marvin Muskan, Chase Sexton, Dean Wilson, A-Ray, Cade Clayson, and others. Dean Guitars, based in Tampa, has graciously donated a bass guitar that has easily become one of the most unique items in the auction. Autographed by the 450 Supercross-class top four in points, Webb, Roxin, Tomac, and Barsha. Stasic has also kindly donated a custom 12e e drive bike and metallic cyan. Support, uh, sporty and patient-inspired artwork graphics. That's pretty badass. Uh, the auction includes over 60 unique items for Supercross fans and St. Jude supporters to choose from. New this year, we have also included a one-time donation feature called Give to Live, where supporters can make donations for specific St. Jude's patient treatments at various monetary levels. Supercross St. Jude's online auction opens Tuesday today and will run through Monday, May 3rd at 6 p.m. Eastern. Over 60 different auction items to be bid on from your favorite team or rider. Website is stjude.org forward slash Supercross action auction, excuse me. So Saint forward slash supercross auction. All proceeds benefit the children of Saint Jude. Children's Research Hospital. No way anybody could like have any issue with that. Like that's yeah. You gotta get involved, support. Those guys do so much. It's I'm proud that Supercross is part of it. I think Dungey was, you know, a big how this thing whole start got started. He was on race day live last week. Yeah promoting it you guys have heard about it for years you've seen the t-shirts this this shirt saves lives and then of course this year the new one we won't stop so yeah get involved support those guys it's so
2: sh- cool that they're doing that it's absolutely it, you and, and then when you get to hear the families say like how much it's been a help I and mean, it's 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 like the the items are such a secondary thing at that point yeah it's so no, cool course. it's just so cool that they have they had that they have that for those families
1: so I want to thank Sean Brennan for reaching out and allowing us to talk about that and be involved. I've got my shirt. I should have wore it tonight. Um, but, yeah, get involved. Try to, you know, bid on some items, donate some money, and help out. Uh, there's no reason you shouldn't. Last night on Pulp, you haven't heard it yet, I don't think.
2: I have, I'm have. i like a little over a third in the right. way through.
1: So I mentioned that I Steve was busting my balls because I released the pictures of the 21 Kinetic Mesh. Mm-hmm early and JT kind of freaked out a little bit and that nope. was my bad I, I, I misread the email because I got excited so he was like oh yeah dark so I can't keep any secrets and I've <laughs> sort of hinted on here I know some stuff that's going on I hinted about it last night and this is something I've known about since Arlington so I've known about it for a while I have hinted a little bit here and there Steve sort of broke it on Twitter on Saturday but didn't have anything confirmed but everybody that's complaining about the TV hosts and all that I think we're, there's going to be a uh, press release tomorrow. That thing should make everybody happy. And if anybody isn't happy with what we're going to have Saturday night, the next two Saturday nights in the booth, then you guys need to just shut the hell up and stop watching. I, mean, I don't know what else, because it's going to be awesome. But we're going to have somebody else new in the booth. Drum roll. Um, it, it hasn't been confirmed by this person, because this person can't talk about it. But I was told and heard when I was in Arlington that Daniel Blair went in on a particular day to do a test run with RC and uh the the he, he's going to be in the dude I'm I, he will not confirm I'm 100% positive he will be in the booth with Ricky Saturday night the next two Saturdays uh like I said I've tried to get him to confirm he won't but I overheard a, a some stuff a call and I found out that when the when the rehearsal thing was going the the tryout and I've been told that it's it was killer. I mean it was it was went perfectly. And you know, and I had some I've heard some people when I've kind of hinted at it, or what do you guys think about this? Like, oh we don't need two riders. We need, you know, like uh like the play by play That's and what I was about
2: to say. Daniel can
1: do it all. If you go back and watch what he did in Arena Cross.
2: Right, I and, and, and I I agree. Is this the first I think that the fact that there are two riders is irrelevant, but yeah. is that is that the first time that's ever happened? It has to be.
1: I think so. Yes, I
2: mean, well, I guess if you want to count Davey, Davey. Yeah,
1: but at that level, I'm gonna say yeah, yeah. In my mind, the guy that has
2: the- raced pro, been in the show, that's yeah. that's really cool, and I think that he does a good enough job, and it'll. I think that's what people are complaining about. We need somebody that, because if you don't ride, it's it's almost impossible to really know. You can research it, and those guys like they look. Like we've all said in the past when everybody is complaining about the 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 host yeah is that those guys do their job they are professionals and they are they research they and they do, it, do watch but yeah. it, it it is one of those things where it really is impossible to to do it the way the mm-hmm. ride the, because everybody that watches it rides so most, for a, yeah. a, a majority so for those guys it really is hard to Really understand it, and I think Daniel Blair brings that, and I think it will alleviate a lot of the negativity towards on the commentator side, on the commentator yes. side.
1: You know, uh, I like hope this last that's race. Gotta I think be, it was the last race. Maybe it was Tuesday, where uh, you know, I'm, I'm. It's not. It wasn't Lee Diffy. It was the other guy. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking. But like he, I think he called Jason Anderson, Justin Anderson, bro. Like it's so difficult. I'm it, sorry. That's like that's
2: like when like. That's like somebody looking for something to complain. To like they degree. wanted now, to he complain did it
1: multiple times. That bothered me, but we all slip up. I mean, I know there's there's announcers out there that are probably don't make very many many mistakes that have been doing it forever. They're you know they're doing their one sport. Like these guys are rotating different sports, yeah. and it's whatever. It's not that big of a deal to me. Like I, I agree with Steve on this. I'm like just, I'm watching the race. Well, like, I and, don't even care. And it's oh, go ahead.
2: I'm sorry, I go ahead. say the
1: the problem is. When this 450 heat two takes off, and they go to the late Chase Sexton interview from heat one, and we're not seeing the race, that is where NBC is effing up. Yeah, that is ridiculous. You, you, I don't. Nobody wants to see the interview. Let's. We want to see racing. You yeah, know, put it in the picture and picture if you need to. They're missing stuff that's very important. That's where the problem is. Yeah, I it, it has and that's seemed not Daniel or anybody's fault. Like those, no, guys, yeah, those that's, guys' fault.
2: Yeah, it has seemed like they are following like the weirdest things. Like you, yeah, like you're not like that's not that's not what we want to watch. We want to watch this and that and the other, but and and it's so hard as a you know going back to the guys doing the the hosting is when you do football or baseball you have a lot of lulls football's a play by play thing. Yeah, 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 sure. It, there's it's really hard to capture all that's going on. Like even when you're watching it live, like if you you don't really know everything that's going on. It's so hard to follow cuz there's so much happening at once and there's not really I mean there's breaks from heat to heat, but it's it's such a hard deal to do and I I think that Daniel understands how important it is to catch certain things and I think that it uh, I'm hope good luck to him and I really think that it's that's well, gonna be a good way to go. If
1: you've noticed if you watch race day live, I think the last two weekends in a row for the, the last qualifiers, he's he and Ricky have done the last he, he, somebody yeah. said that. Yeah, so that that's kind of I think given a little bit of a like like a not really a trial because he's already done the trial, but I think it's just a little preview. He's gonna kill it. And I'm very excited. So I, I don't see how anybody could complain But
2: Do you think do you think that people like do you think the the trolls are just like
1: well, yeah, the, 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 that's just going to be anything. Yeah, so it's it whatever. He's going to do a killer job. I, I, he, you know, when he went in for that uh, a trial, whatever you want to call it, a uh, what do you call it when an actor goes to, to, to uh, uh, a screening? No, when they go to try out for a movie, there's, there's Cast,
2: It's like a, it's like a casting.
1: Uh, it, well, yeah, I guess when, when he went to do, for the tryout, we'll call it tryout. It's not the word I want, but. He didn't know what it was for. He just knew that he was going in to do something with Ricky. He didn't know if it was just equipment tests. He like, audition. Audition, that's the word. There was basically an audition, but he didn't really know what it was for. He was just like, dude, I got to go in. Like, I was trying to get him to go to lunch with me or something. He's like, dude, I got to go to the stadium and do – like we're going to do a run-through of something. I don't really know what's up. And then after that, he would never really tell me. He just said it went really good, but I don't really – I think we are just – like we were just testing equipment basically is what it was like, <laughs> what he thought at the time. But – I pretty much. That's when I was like, "Nah, things are changing. He's he's going to be in." So, I, I've kind of tried to hold on to that for a little while. But uh, that I'm so excited. Garrett said, uh, "Casting couch." <laughs> well, that's possible. We maybe we'll ask Daniel. We don't, we don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see if Daniel will talk about any issues with the casting couch. Um, anyway, I want to talk about. All the excitement of the last two Atlantas, but we literally have like five minutes before we have to we get can, our first can, guest on. We can get some in there. Who I haven't even talked about yet. We have Ben LeMay tonight, Mike Emery, who is a photographer, a, t- photographer. a p- p- photographer, yeah, yeah, that one of those, for Align With Us. He works with Cudby and uh, Rich Shepard. Got Colt Nichols coming on tonight, and we've got a pre-recorded interview we just did a little while ago with Garrett Marchbanks, mm-hmm. where he came on and manned up and gave his side and... Uh, I'm sure many of you saw the apology on his Instagram, but he, he talked about it and um thanks to Garrett for coming on. So it's gonna be a good show. Dude, we really don't have time to get into all the all the stuff that happened. We just don't.
2: what, what do you what do you what do you want to hit on?
1: All right, let's talk about obviously everyone wants to talk about McAdoo. That's the big story. And then McAdoo and Marsh Banks. Let's talk about A Ray and Jason Anderson real fast. Okay. Just real quick, right? A Ray. You've heard all the other shows. Who's fault? Who's at fault? Per, uh, let's steal Pulp and shit
2: on the on the Tuesday. Yeah, uh, uh, blame I, pie. So okay, let me let me take you to this. And I don't. There's not really anything that can. I think that can be prevented, or I guess he just has to be more aware. Jason Anderson. So what? And what they were saying is, oh, he doubled. He yep. should know that was coming. The okay. same kind of scenario happened to him. He finally he's the fastest qualifier with the last three rounds. He finally gets that top three start. He does a weird. He's trying he's trying to set himself up for a pass, which I understand. He does a weird rhythm, and then Ferrandez hits his back tire because Ferrandez wasn't expecting him to do that. So is is he changing up his lines in front of people when he shouldn't? Is that is something that he needs to work on? Is that something unavoidable? Because that was the same scenario to me. The same thing happened to him again in in Atlanta 3. The
1: A-Ray thing. Well, A-Ray fool sins. we know. Well, it wasn't changing lines. He made a mistake, and A-Ray wasn't following, which is the correct way. And A-Ray made a somewhat, what would be considered a typical Uh, mistake for himself. And, you know, cross-rutted, shot to the left, Call it sketchy if you want. We, we How many times have we seen that from other riders? Yeah, just, it, it can happen. It happens, right? Um, like, what do you? what is he supposed to do? Back it down because Jason made a mistake? No. He's, he's, he's like, gonna, I a, a, I'm going to make the pass. I have a chance to make a pass on a factory guy. I'm, I'm, he, it went south. I, I feel like, I think I said on social media that night, like 60, 40 A-Ray, maybe 70, 30 A-Ray. Yes, Jason made a mistake, but that doesn't mean that you should be like, oh, well, like I'm gonna get landed on unless you miss the triple and we've seen that. I mean, you, you shouldn't be following if you can help it, right? I mean, if there if there's room, don't follow because you yeah. never know. I mean, a first lap you can't really help it, but I don't know, man. I I don't think I understand why Jason was so mad, right? Just like the Garrett Marchbanks thing, he's mad because of, you guys will hear that later. Or Chase and um Mcadoo probably could have been mad for getting taken out. Whatever, like in the heat of the battle, whether you're racing or you're a fighter or you're com- anything you're competing in, dude, your, your adrenaline's flowing, your, your, yeah. your nerves are up, you're excited, you know, your emotions are high. Of course, Jason was going to get mad. Jason apologized. Jason apologized in the press conference. Jason apologized on other things. Yeah. I think it's it just, the it was the moment. That section it's was racing. sketchy.
2: It's a racing incident. Yeah, I think it was a racing it, I
1: don't think it was that big of a deal. The biggest, could have been very bad. Yeah. They both got really lucky. He got
2: really lucky. Yeah. That was so weird watching that. Um so before I know we're about to probably go to our I first guess, four guest. Minutes. 4 minutes. Okay, 4 minutes. Um and I, for Roxanne's sake is the whole McAdoo movie that basically happened to him in the, during the week it kind of overshadowed like Bro, how do you? How do you? That's the biggest gap anybody's had in like ten rounds. Like
1: we we need to talk about all that. Hopefully, at the end of the show, we can get into okay. that. And see how long. Like, it is. how does there, that happen? Hot topics we need to talk about. I mean, yeah, that was the championship. We just didn't to have me. enough intro I'm, time for everything tonight. I guess we could have started earlier, but we didn't. So, um, all right. So let's take a break. Okay, we're back with Ben Lemay. We'll try to wrap up the Atlanta thoughts at the end of the show. Okay. Um. And again, pay attention for twit twit fifty nine and Scott Sampson.
2: Okay, let me scroll back and see. Just if they're
1: listening, I need your I need your addresses. You got to email your they, addresses if you they want have the hats. not
2: said neither one of them has. Okay,
1: well they may not be on, and they may be. I couldn't find them on Twitter or Instagram. They usually both of those are usually pretty regular. So I right, well, pay attention. Yeah, you know, those are the only ones that I haven't got Scott contact straight info straight for. Straight. All right, we'll be right back.
3: What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Anticam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbus USA. For decades, Aturbus has been the leader in motorcycle plastic accessories, like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull Factory KTM. Factory Tile Hockey, TLD KCM, and Rocky Mountain KCM, as well as many top privateers such as stuff. All you got to do is go to AchiribiUSA.com or call 1 800 659 1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead sent ya.
4: Hey, Dad. Great race.
1: All right, we're back from first commercial break with our first guest of the night, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into one of the choice goggle companies for many of the top privateers, guys like John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, and our next guest, Ben LeMay. All choose X-Brand Goggles. Visit xbrand.com or go to your local dealership. Ask for the WPS catalog. They supply X-Brand Goggles. Get yourself a couple sets of the new Lucid. They are so awesome, dude. I'm telling you, we're going to give us that away on Patreon. Uh, but up next, brought to you by expert goggles ben LeMay. what's up, dude? Oh,
5: man, Just finishing up some training session, and uh just wanted to say thanks for having me on the show
1: yeah i'm I'm excited to uh i was kind of i wasn't sure if you were gonna race outdoors man I just you know you didn't you decided not to do any Supercross, and I was a little worried that maybe you were changing directions um i mean there there was definitely a time in
5: there that I was That's what um, i thought, and i you know after after outdoors ended last year, I, I like has set it in my mind, like, Hey, I'm done racing, uh, at a, you know, an elite level of every, you know, 32 rounds or whatever it is, you know? Sure. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll hit a few here and there. Um, but it just wasn't really interested in me or to me because it just the financial part of it and the, the, the work it takes people just don't understand to be at that top 15 top 10 level you have to be 100 percent committed and if i'm not gonna do that then i'm just not gonna race at all so um but anyway yeah this year uh some things started turning we got the wheel rolling and things worked out pretty good and i am going full board during the whole series
1: Man, i love that you know i know last year didn't go exactly how you wanted to that the as as happens a lot with you sometimes the the program came together a little late last year. Uh, you switched to KTM. You kept it pretty quiet. Switched to UFO. Show up at Loretta's, and like I didn't even know you were there because like it doesn't look like the Ben LeMay I'm used to, right? You're not in Fly. You're not in on a Honda, and and but you're out there, you know, and, and trying to get a, your your dad's your mechanic. It's it was tough, but I mean you're out there plugging along. But I know it didn't go how you wanted it to.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, there were some up and downs for sure. Uh, I had some DNFs, which is unfortunate. And that's, that's really the big thing that I I'm trying to eliminate is just the DNFs. Like those suck. I mean, you know, the, the mud ones, like I had uh, my motor went out at the mudder in second moto, I think it was. And I was like 13th or something in that moto. Um, those are kind of a given, you know, you can't really prevent too much. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of hope, hope for the best kind of thing, you know, but um, the, the I had some mechanicals uh, throughout the year or the season, or whatever. And those is what I'm really trying to prevent. Be more prepared. Have that, you know, when you when you need a good part, you replace it. Don't run it out to its, you know, lifetime. So yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, those little things trying to trying to you know finish twelve or uh, twenty four motos, and and always be up front representing the sponsors and myself.
1: So you mentioned, you know, the financial side of it. Like it's, you, you've get been an elite guy for years. You've done a lot of racing. You've had a lot of great finishes, uh, been on a lot of good teams, but it's still like, what's the, what's the, how is it trying to get sponsorships and people to help you? Like, how do you go about that? What, I mean, it's a real struggle for a guy like yourself. I'm sure you have to do most of it yourself. Uh, it's, it's not an easy process. I'm sure.
5: No, it's definitely, uh a process you have to kind of, you know, work into. Um, and especially when you're trying to reach out, uh, and get financial help when it's just like, I need parts or this and that, then it's not too bad. Like it's pretty easy, honestly. But when it's, I need X amount of money to pay for hotels and flights and entry fees and, you know, race fuel and all of this, then it gets complicated And, and it is hard, but I think, you know, for me, I've like you said, I've been doing it a while. Um I think this'll be my twelfth season. Um Oh oh nine was my first season. So um yeah, I've been doing it a while. But the good thing with that is I have a, a pretty you know, recognizable name and yep. um people know that their money is going to be used wisely. You know, if, if somebody has the finances and they, and I can promote to them, Hey, this is what you're going to get out of it. This is what I need out of you. You know, I can promise this, you know, and and especially with outdoors, um, I have the most starts out of everybody on the gate. So I can point like, like, you know, I'm going to be there. I'm not a guy that goes, going to go get hurt, you know, and be out the whole year, you know? So, um, there's, there's a way around it, you know, but it
1: definitely is tough. All right, I can imagine. Um, yeah. So,
2: you know, with that that's the business side can kind of bog you down. What, what is it about the actual sport of motocross that does keep you coming back? And like, what, what is it that if you can even put it into words that makes it worth dealing with that just to be able to, to get, to get back on the track? What is it? What is it to you?
5: Um, I mean, honestly, when I when I started my career, professional career, and uh, you know, midway through, it was really about um, making a name and trying to uh, beat the guy in front of me or, or do <laughs> right, the best right. I can. Yeah. Now it's to a point where I just, I don't know. I just like riding dirt bikes. It's just fun. Um, to a point when, if I can make money, if I can make money and still do that, then I want to keep racing. Um, if it's to the point where, um, you know, I'm paying for my stuff and it just doesn't make it worth my time and and takes the fun out of it, then that's when I'm going to step aside and go get a job and go do something else. Um, so, I mean, for me right now, Bottom line is it's fun. It's what I know how to do. I've done it my whole life. I started riding when I was three. Um, I mean, it's just second nature to put my leg over the dirt bike. You know, I can close my eyes and ride in a straight line, you know, it's just, it's just so easy for me. Um, but yeah, I just, I just like, and and now that I'm older, um, actually I'll be 30, uh, at Paula Paula is my birthday. So, um, so, you know, I'm getting older and, smart i know when to push it i know when not to push it i know you know hey let's shove it in there or let's not you know so that's what's cool now is some of the young guns they don't think that they just go for it and then hindsight they're like "Ooh, I shouldn't have done that you
1: know so we uh but we just talked to the march banks a few minutes ago so uh (laughs) we we haven't played that. We we uh, that that interview is going to be at the end of this show, but he he talked about that a little bit. So yeah, learning lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We
2: we have a fan question from uh, Jake Curry, and it kind of talked. You said you mentioned you know as long as you can keep making money. He wanted to know as a privateer, do your winnings go pretty much all to your next race, or are you able to put some away from retirement, knowing you will probably going to have to have a real job and a bank for for retirement afterwards. <laughs>
5: Um, for me, there's not really any room for retirement um but from the racing side of things, what I'm making on the weekend, especially outdoors um you know outdoors is a pretty grueling man toughen up and get out there and get dirty sport supercross yeah you could you could as a privateer, you definitely could uh you know like when I was doing supercross i mean i would make Two to two to four grand a weekend. You know, it just kind of depends. So, and that's whatever all these other privateers guarantee are making anywhere two to three grand a weekend. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you add that up, you're making good money, and and you can put put some stuff aside for sure. Um, for me, this season, uh, outdoors, not really there. You know, I, I think a top fifteen is gonna be roughly about 800, 800, 900 bucks from MX sports. And then you get KTM money and then, you know, some gear money and, and stuff like that. So, you know, you could probably walk away with 1500 bucks a weekend um, outdoors. Um, if everything is paid for, which that's another you know thing to check off, but
7: exactly,
5: yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking my money and going and putting it all back on the line to go to the next race but i'm definitely not making enough to set aside.
1: Uh, is your dad going to travel with you again? Uh Larry, the the guy that was with me last year, uh that's
5: just a friend of mine. Oh, okay. I thought uh, that was
1: your dad. I'm sorry.
5: N- no, no, no. No. He, um he's a, a close friend. He lives in Texas, but yes, he is uh going to most of them. Not any of the west rounds, but all the east rounds.
1: Okay. So so does that mean it's you'll be looking for a mechanic or do you have somebody that help you out when he's not there?
5: Um I already got a mechanic all lined up.
1: Oh good, good. Good. Yeah, yeah and
5: actually to be honest with you, this year's setup is a lot better than last year's. Okay. So, we're like we got mechanic for every round. I've got all my parts. I've got I mean, I've I've got I've had my race bike done. I mean, I've been training since mid-February, so Oh, that's great. It's, it's this year's setup is 100 times better
1: yeah nice to hear uh still in ufo on ktms right
5: yep yep absolutely yeah uh, the way you you see me on the bike will be pretty much the
1: same how do you like that new goggle man
5: yeah honestly is is pretty shocking how good it is um i tested it a couple rounds last year outdoors just in practice yeah um because they were just trial and error a few little things here and there and um so i kind of knew what it was like but uh yes now that the actual goggle is out it's done it's really really good and like i've been testing out some different lens colors and stuff and practicing and it's kind of shocking how easy it is to change the lens
1: like no kidding yeah
5: because i've i've been a goggle rep for rich for the last few years and prepping goggles for guys and stuff and so i know the routine of changing the lens and it is like that's it. That's all you got to do to change the lens, you know, and, uh, but just the fitment on your face. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be really, really good goggle this summer. Um, you know, the only thing I guess I would say is, you know, you don't know what it's like in a mudder or you don't know what it's like in 110 degrees when you're sweating, you know, your balls off out there. Right,
1: right, right. Well, it's that's
5: going to be the 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 test. But for sure, what I've done to it now is hundred percent. It's it's the best goggle I've ever worn.
1: That's all. I love to hear that. Love to hear that. Um, all right. I want to talk to you. Have you been following Supercross, watching every week? Are you up to date?
5: Oh yeah, I watch. I play fantasy. I do oh, all Oh nice. That stuff.
1: How you doing in fantasy? Oh terrible. I don't. <laughs> I,
5: actually, I was pretty stoked on what was it? I think Atlanta two uh-huh atlanta two i finished the hundreds out of it oh everybody. wow nice yeah but but that was like rare i was yeah. like holy cow and uh normally i'm like two thousand or something three thousand. same
1: same like I'll, I'll have moments and i'll look and i'm like in the top 1500 i'm pretty excited And actually right now i think i'm like 857th yeah. which i i mentioned that on pulp last night and they were like oh wow your prize is coming any day now I was like dude for me that's awesome like Really all I care about is winning a couple of leagues I'm in and I I'm leading a couple of the leagues I'm in and then not so much, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um so I want to ask you, since you're not racing this year, obviously at Supercross, what do you think about the schedule? Like three three races in a week? Um it, it's you know, ending a little sooner than normal. Uh, and then I wanna ask you about the speedway races too. But what do you think about the month the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday idea?
5: Um i'm all for it i think it's awesome as as a racer i think um it is super beneficial uh for everybody involved whether it's a factory guy or a privateer guy it's probably leaning more towards a privateer um but i think it's good be just because you're you're sharp and and you just you know you have a a day or two to rest and then you're back racing a day Mm -hmm. or two to rest back racing so absolutely i think that is you know, I don't know if about every weekend you could do that, but for sure keep that in the schedule to have, you know, a couple rounds of this, you know, a couple venues to have that in the schedule I think would be pretty key. Um, now for a fan perspective, I think it's not good. because okay. I don't think – I think it's too many races in one city. Um, so you don't get all the fans uh, that would – I don't know. It just seems like there's – I feel like more people would come to just if there was one event or maybe two, maybe just a, yeah,
1: two, a
5: Saturday and a Saturday. I, I, I think don't
1: know. You're, that, that's probably not a bad point if not for limited seating. And I don't know how it's affected them this year, but they're only going like 20, 25% of seating anyway. So that's I, true. But if it was a f- regular full blown, everything's open. I think you're right. I think we'd see a lot less people on Tuesday and then the following Saturday, probably not as much as the first race, but but yeah, as a but as a fan at home, like I love getting off work Tuesday and like oh I gotta run home get a shower and it's it's go time like they're, that's cool. they're, they're racing like six o'clock local time, you know yeah. so that was cool um for yeah if you're at home yeah
5: for sure like when I'm watching it, like it's sweet I get done riding or, or doing whatever and I'm like yeah, oh, yeah Supercross is on, hundred percent that's sweet you know I, I love that part of it because it's you don't have to wait all week which now looking back now that we've had a tuesday round it's like gotta wait all week <laughs> right. saturday to saturday for exactly. another exactly <laughs>
1: yeah exactly how about the uh atlanta motor speedway uh what like minute 45 minute 50 lap times i think one of the heat races is like was like three laps or so uh, is crazy but yeah i that you think it's fun. good
5: i do i okay. think it's really good I, I mean i like i like daytona um a lot i think it was it's a good track you know besides Daytona is a little one line ish because mm-hmm. of the sand, the sand kind of makes it uh, kind of goat trail and some of the, the S turns and stuff. But I honestly, I think if you had red clay at Daytona, it would be awesome. But anyway, yeah, I think, I think Atlanta is probably better racing than uh, the dome whatever the mercedes do oh yeah,
1: yeah mercedes mercedes Benz dome yeah
5: i think yeah. i think as a racer i would rather go to the speedway
1: okay um,
5: um just because it's like it's almost like a break in the in the the hectic series of if you're doing the 450 class 17 rounds and every round is 45 seconds you're doing 30 <laughs> laps of, of, of main right it's like I get a break, go to Atlanta, and I'm only going to do 20 laps or 18 laps or whatever. I don't even know what it was. But, um, yeah, so I think that's kind of a break for, for a racer st- standpoint.
1: So the laps versus time, even though it's the same amount of time, when you're doing the same laps, the same obstacles 20 freaking times, 25 times, that makes it mentally that's a lot more difficult, you think, huh? Yeah, hundred
5: percent. It's it's more mentally tough. I mean, you can go, you know, I like got a supercross, a, a regular supercross. You do ten laps, you know, if if you, you do ten laps, and then all of a sudden you look at your watch, and you're only five minutes into the race, you're like, <laughs> right, good yeah, lord, yeah, yeah, you know. But at at Atlanta, you know, you're like, wow, I'm already halfway through this race. We're almost done, you know. It's, it time just goes by, and mentally. It's just way easier when you have a longer race. And even like, you know, an outdoor, uh, like training for outdoors, you know, if you do a 30 minute moto on a figure eight track, or if you do a 30 minute moto in the desert, it's so much easier in the desert because your, your mind is, you know, just more free.
1: Yeah. It makes sense. What you got, Scotty?
2: Um, so all that being said, are you, are you, do you feel like you're missing out not being At those races, or seeing how hard it is for these guys to even just make a main, and uh, and how competitive it is? Do you, are you you kind of glad that you're that you're on the, that you're watching?
5: Um, there's definitely times I wish that hey, I I kind of wish I could have been out there. Um, but also it's a lot of work, man, and, and it's a lot of risk too. Like, it's as a privateer when you're when you're going to the race to. Count on yourself to to make your living, and then the risk factor of it. And it's like, I don't know. It's it's definitely when you're getting older and you're like l- looking at the next step in life and what that job's going to be and is it worth it and all this stuff. You know, um, I, I I don't mind sitting on the sidelines and watching Supercross. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> all like, right. there's yeah. I mean, it, it's hundred percent. I could get out there and I could do it and. I know I would do good. I'd I'd be in the main. Um, would it be super enjoyable every weekend? I don't know. I couldn't really answer that. Okay.
2: I mean, yeah, you're. I mean, you're having to go full send mode to yeah. just to make to make the main.
5: Yeah, Smartly. just making like like. I mean, it's always been that way, and and everybody would agree that the heat races are always the hardest part of the entire night. You know, like uh, once you're in the main, then it's like okay, really the stress is off just go race and let's see you know the best i can do um heat races you're like i don't want to be in the lcq it's you know slit uh you know cut out there and, and you just get in the top nine and everybody's going for your front wheel and um so it's definitely it's tough but um i loved it when i raced supercross and i mean if i had a shot if someone said hey you know next year we want you to race And here's X amount of money and here's bikes and this and that. I would do it. But if I have to set up my own deal and, and rely on myself to, you know, make a living for it, it's, you know, not really worth it for me.
2: So I've had I've had a theory. What my was make the heat races. Everything's the same. The heat races take eight instead of nine and then have six from the LCQ go from it from that oh, do you, change the format just yeah I mean it's a small change but I think that that makes a big difference
5: do, do you that, yeah I never thought about that that wouldn't be too bad yeah because one spot in the heat race I mean it definitely makes it tougher but not much But you, not 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 much but adding two in the LCQ would be huge Yeah, so, see that
2: risk kind of have maybe that risk goes away a little bit you see those guys in fifth six not having to park somebody yeah. into a boat. I go
1: back to our buddies, A-Ray and Cade, and we would miss out on all that excitement. Cause it this, can still happen for six. Yeah, they're in They're in the top six almost every time. Yeah. It's usually for fourth. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, man. like, when, when I,
5: you know, it was been a handful of years ago, but they had the semis, oh, or yeah. heat semis, LCQs. Yeah. You know, for, for a guy like me, I kind of knew, hey, I'm not going to get it in this heat race. I'm not going to get top four going in. But, Hey, I need an, I need a good gate pick for my semi because that's where I'm going to get in, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of what as a privateer my goal was. Hey, let's try to get, you know, six in this or whatever, and then have a really good semi pick, and then that's when you get the top five to go straight in. So strategy. I, I didn't mind that setup, honestly, because you have three shots rather than just two. Yeah, sure. Um, so I kind of like the heat semi-LCQ setup.
2: Um, so we, we have a fan question. Uh, what What is your day job?
5: Day job? I work at Thunder Valley Motocross Track.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yep. Go ahead. I, I have oh, to the, remember something else I was going to ask him. go ahead. Oh, so, no, I mean, that—that
2: was—that
5: was a fan question. Okay. Like, what do yeah, you do so, out there? So I, I run equipment. I, I prep the track. I do facility work. I do pretty much anything that needs to get done at the track is done. So cool. Um, but my main my main objective is track prep.
1: All right. Uh, I meant to ask you. You just got done. Talk about what you did last weekend. <laughs>
5: Last weekend, I went and ran in the desert for
1: 31 miles. A 50K ultra. You just, decided, <laughs> you just decided that was going to be your first running race ever?
5: Yeah. So, I mean, I I enjoy running um, as training, you know, cycling and running. But running is – I don't like running on the road. Running on the road sucks. But running in the trails – and I live in, in Colorado and Denver, so – there's trails and mountains everywhere and and it's just a blast. So anyway, I've been running for a while and, uh, this race came up, um, and it was like, let's just sign up and do it. And so I, it was a a 50 K ultra and I'd never done it before. I, you know, I've never ran that far. I think for this, I've ran, it was like 20 miles, uh, just cruising, you know, just at a a basic pace. And, um, but yeah, so, I didn't really know what to expect, but it was super fun. Like, um, huge opening though. Like okay. there's like, a, there's a big science behind it, you know, cause when you're running, I mean, it took me five and a half hours to complete it. Mm. So, you know, as you're running, you, you can't just run. You have to hydrate, you have to eat, you have to, you know, run, you know, lightly and stuff like that to save your legs. And so there's, there's a science behind it. Um, and I'm still, still learning more on that aspect of it but um it was a blast yeah it was super fun but it was tough like the last 10 miles were were definitely grueling they were tough
1: i can only
2: imagine how how do they do they uh break up classifications in that by age group or do they have like a skill level thing
5: uh it was all age group yeah how
2: how did you do in your age group
5: uh 25th I think 30th or something like that. But Just there's guys of- that
1: that's like what they yeah, to do. To me, the fact that he finished. Yeah. That's is a big unreal. Team. It's awesome. Like if somebody was chasing me with, if a bear was chasing me, I'm not running 31 miles. I'm giving up. I'm out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had a, you know, like going into
5: it, I wanted to, cause I, I knew my, my average pace, like when I trail run, like on a training day and I was like, okay, so I want to finish under five hours was my goal. And so I knew hey, I'm gonna run at this pace for X amount of time and yada yada yada. And I was on track. I was actually going faster than I thought. And I was super good all the way until mile twenty-four. And then my legs just said, I'm done. I'm I'm <laughs> not having any more. And my right leg started cramping up and then I had to walk. And then it was it was bad. The last seven miles were so slow. It took forever. But um so that that's what screwed my like I was like a half hour off yeah, my yeah that's my still goal, man but, that's still but it awesome. was good yeah it 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 opens the door for a better time next time
1: yeah for sure that dude man, you're 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 tougher he's than thinking I am. about next time right, yeah right, I am
5: I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm already signed up for the next one in October after
4: outdoors is done
1: I don't even know how to respond to any of that but that's I'm glad it's you and not me uh, yeah last question man. You've been watching the series. You've been watching Webb and Roxon as a racer, but also as a fan. What's going on there, man? I, in my opinion, after Daytona, Webb got in Roxon's head, and I think Roxon just can't get over it. That's my opinion. I'd Like to get your thoughts on uh, the racecraft of those two guys and what what you see. Um.
5: Yeah, that's definitely tough. I I, I do think Cooper is in kenny's head but kenny is really strong mentally and 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 physically on the bike so he's not like it's it's at such a high level of being in your head that it's hard to explain you know what i mean like for sure when he gets right on his rear wheel you know dude he's got him like it's it's done it's over with and um I think there was plenty of times, even even for me, I'm not the most aggressive rider on the track, but I think I would have even rubbed the little elbows with Cooper if I if I was in Kenny's shoes, you know. Yeah, what I mean? like, exactly. And especially when you're on the championship, like just push him into the bales, like let's do something. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I, I do think he's in his head. I think he a little bit, but um I mean with two rounds to go. And the I don't even know what the point lead is, but it's,
1: it's – I, I, 16, I think. Yeah, that is a big deal.
5: I, I would say it's over with. I mean, I think Cooper could literally just ride around with the hands high behind his back and get fifth and still win, you know. Right, I mean,
1: yeah. So, so with the, the in-your-head thing, and you talked about, like, I'd get a little aggressive in that situation. I kind of go back to, like, the last time that Kenny did get aggressive with Webb was in San Diego in, what, 18, I think it was, when – the arm injury, the second arm injury happened, like that has to go. I would think as a racer, certainly at an amateur level, that would go through my head. I don't know if at his level he can block that out or if he's going, yeah, I know he kind of actually mentioned it. I think in one of the press conferences, like it didn't go so well the last time. So, yeah, I mean, you know, for a guy that
5: is, you know, say you want to have a good reputation or you you, uh, are a nice guy on the track Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever that term is that you want to have if the, if the opportunity comes that you ever need to stick a wheel and you don't really know how or have the, the best opportunity, you know, like the correct way to do it, it's, it's hard for someone just to randomly go in and it's either you do it way too hard or not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I mean, Bowers is a perfect example. He had, he had done it all his career growing up in arena cross. So he knows exactly that, that, that tap, you know, point to where, Hey, if I go too hard, it's going to put me on the ground and him on the ground. If I go not enough, you know what I mean? Like he knows that happy medium of putting a guy on the ground or just making the pass and you have to, or like Anderson, he knows like exactly how to make it happen. And so for Kenny, I think it's a little bit in his head that he doesn't know exactly how to make it happen because he doesn't do it enough. And, so if he does it more maybe he'd be more confident in just throwing a wheel in there knowing that it's not going to be too bad. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's but, a good point though. I think that that's a good take on it. I was curious what you thought.
5: I don't know. Yeah. I, I
1: do think he needs to
5: rough rough some feathers up though. It, did, it, it looked like it he just I mean let him by almost. He pretty much did. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean he he was going to, you know, cut under and try to get a run in the whoops, I think was what his plan was, but he either needed to be quicker or juke him left and go right or something else i don't know but it, it didn't work out <laughs> no it did not
2: yeah because yeah. i i imagine if you if you were 12 seconds ahead of somebody that you, that has been beating you like i feel like you if if you were in that shoe, say even if it was for let's say 12th place i feel like yeah you would have shut the door on him you know
5: yeah absolutely yeah i mean it yeah i mean it, he knows, like, especially in their position, I mean, if you go and ref them elbows, they're not, you're not going to get docked by the yeah, AMA right. unless yeah. you go straight in a T-bone them, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just go for it. Just make it happen. You know, what's, what do you got to lose? Nothing yeah. right
1: now. I totally agree. Well, Ben, we're going to let you go, man. Uh, I am excited you'll be back outdoors this year. Um, I hope we make some of those races. I don't know. I haven't, haven't really put that together yet, but it's going to be cool to see you back out. Uh, I think you'll you'll be a good pick on fantasy. Um, oh,
5: absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's going to be good. I, I hired uh, Tom Danielson as my trainer, so I've been working with him uh, pretty hard, and uh, this season's going to be awesome.
1: Uh, looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having some time for us tonight. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate okay. it. All right, Ben, take care. We'll talk to you soon, bud.
5: Thanks.
1: See ya. All right. right. Ben LeMay, appreciate him uh, coming on the show. That was fun. Let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Mike Emery. machines so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their chain lube, two-stroke premix, polyclean, and many other products. Use promo code Moto X to support the Moto X Pod show.
2: Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's ShockSocks. The number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With shock socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with shock socks. Check your local dealer or go to the burrmotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of shock socks today.
1: If you're anything like me, you remember in the late 80s and the 90s, all the cool custom painted helmets. Jeremy McGrath, Damon Bradshaw, Jeff emig all the top riders showed their style and personality with a custom painted helmet. I was always envious. I mean, I knew I'd at least look faster with a custom lid. Now you too can be like your favorite riders. Be one of the cool kids. Kirk Hunter from Extreme Colors has been painting helmets since 1998 and has you covered. For only $395, you can have a one of a kind professional paint job on your lid contact kirk hunter at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com and follow them on instagram at, at @extreme_colors. colors that's x-t-r-e-m-e-k-o-l-o-r-s extreme colors be the envy of all your friends and contact extreme colors today let them know that the moto x pod show sent you as always All right, next up on the show, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. They continue to do that in 2021. The new Fly Kinetic Mesh is available at dealerships. Check out all your local dealerships for flyracing.com. And uh, if you go, let them know the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Tonight, Fly Racing brings us Mr. Mike Emery, photographer extraordinaire. What is up, dude?
6: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man. I uh, finally got a... uh, just. For whatever reason i just never really thought about getting you on before and then i was like man dude I, I always look at your pictures i see you know the line with us tag on so many pictures whether that's you or cudby or rich and i thought man i really want to know like i want to know more about you man about your your job but so give us yeah a i was bit- wondering go ahead i was
6: wondering what you why you'd want me on to be honest i what? was like
1: what's he see what's he thinking
6: well you <laughs> must have ran out
1: of people no man because really okay I see your pictures all the time. I mean, you do incredible work. Uh, I I'm always interested in photographers. Obviously, I've had Anton on before uh, yeah. and talked about it. And I just, I think what you guys do is, looks fun. It, it's cool. It's harder than probably a lot of people think. But then, like, a, at Arlington, like, you're riding around on a skateboard taking pictures. And I was like, okay, this dude's cool, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know you very well. i talk to you here and there. But I was like, <laughs> all right, this dude's rad. I appreciate that. You want to know it's funny. Okay, so
6: Arlington, round one. Yeah. The pits are like four miles from the stadium, (laughs) and I walked. It's normal for everybody to walk a lot, so I'm not gonna act like I'm some superhero. But I walked, I think like eight and a half miles, and I'm like, damn, dude, like that's a lot. So I had brought my board because on those ten day trips, I try and try and skate to just on the days off and just enjoy where we are, if we can. But um, but anyways, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to spring my board and, and skate back and forth on the pits. And then at round two, I only walked five miles. So
1: that was, <laughs> saved yourself three. I love it. Yep. Well, I, right, so here's um, what, yeah. I got so many things I want to ask you. Um, but talk about your, your history, right? How'd you, were you a moto kid growing up? Were you a photographer first? Like talk about how you got into moto and moto photography.
6: No. So my dad was a a full-on uh, dirt bike guy and raced. And he had, like, you know, my – actually, my mom bought him a uh, Mako after they got married for a wedding gift. So that oh, that's sick. awesome. And my dad raced. There's all sorts of cool photos of him, like long hair. Back <laughs> in the day where they wouldn't have crossbar pads, just, like, savage style. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, but I I, ra- I rode when I was eight. I got, like, a Z50.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Um. So that was, that was pretty much my introduction to motocross. Like my, my dad, it's in the blood, you know, like okay. motorcycles are. How so, far did you go funny. with it? Oh, I raced. I'm terrible on a bike, but <laughs> I okay. rode the Z50 into the mailbox and the bike clotheslined me or the mailbox line me. And yeah, that was like when I knew right away I was destined for failure.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's great. No, okay. but
6: I, I raced locally. Yeah. Like. I'm an intermediate rider, but no, I, I got into photos cause I skateboarded my whole life and that's like my true passion is skateboarding.
1: Yeah. So do you, do you ride like, uh, like pools and park or like street or what's, what's your, what are you into?
6: I was like, I would, I mean, I would skate anything, but I guess more of a street skater. Okay. Like when I was 12, I got a skateboard and my neighbor skated and moto's expensive and my family was never, you know, but getting a new bike, basically, I outgrew in an eighty, and then we had enough money to ride, but like the time came to get a bigger bike, and it was like, man, I can't just I had to I always had to buy, you know, put money towards it. Yeah, yeah, and skating kind of took my interest, and I'm like, man, it's a lot cheaper than motocross. <laughs> so I sort of got really into that and uh, kind of stopped riding at that point. but um, yeah, so I was street skateboarder, cool, um all my friends. Uh, yeah, it was just something I got super into, but through that, uh, the culture of skating is super artistic and mm-hmm. looking at magazines. I mean, I've always been into photography. I mean, even as a kid, I had like a little film camera, like photos of me with this little Kodak camera, but, but yeah, I think that's what sparked my interest to photography is looking through skateboard magazines.
1: And do you go to school to learn all the the ins and outs or do you like become an apprentice for somebody? How do you get to where you understand all the ins and outs of working a camera because, I mean, it. like I said, Anton gave me some pointers. I actually shot a sprint car race here locally. I borrowed a camera from somebody, texted Anton. He gave me some pointers, and I didn't understand any of the shit he sent me. He sent me all these settings. I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. I had to go watch YouTube (laughs) to figure out how to even do it. And, dude, there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fun because it's nowadays with digital cameras,
6: it's easier to become like a quote-unquote photographer. But I never took any classes, but I have a kind of personality to where – I'm super. If I get into something, I like really get into it. Okay, so sure. I got a camera and just started shooting. Like, I just like just nerded out on it, and I I learned how it because a mechanic like camera is mechanical. You know, it's like it just has to do with light. So you're it's like a math problem between all the settings. Mm,
1: good way to look at it
6: with available light. So once I kind of figured out like you know what what each thing meant, and then. A couple different lenses i just started just started gaining interest and then um but at the time my brother was super into motocross again because we all rode together as kids so then he had bikes and i'm like hey i want to come come ride and i brought my camera and then it was like this fun uh fresh thing to do that was completely like in left field from skateboarding so i started shooting moto and it was like this really new exciting thing that's kind of how the progression of it well oh, i love it but it's, i always stayed, stayed skateboarding but i was like dude i can go to the track and just learn something you know yeah and just have fun with my brother and it was really good times
1: i like that that's a great story
2: so yeah. so i kind of wanted to know about like your process about how you pick a spot to take pictures from I had that in my notes but that's cool. oh, yeah. i, I yeah. still i ahead. still no, a yeah, i still dark question
1: i do have some questions on that yeah um
2: so i what I what we would assume somebody like the, uh, you know somebody that maybe knows about racing or that doesn't know about photography I would might think that oh that spot looks good but it's probably in us not being a good spot so how kind of just take us through that process and what you you do to find a good spot. Yeah, well, it's completely different. Well, like at a race, you mean? Uh, yeah. In in general, I guess yeah. In a race would. Race yeah. Day. So
6: rate. So what what we do at the races you are always given a track map that tells you where you can and can't go. So that's the first thing that you're looking at to kind of, um, cause it's obviously dangerous. So that's the first thing. And then you kind of know where you can go and where you can't. And it's pretty, it's kind of common sense, but once you see that it's, it kind of comes naturally after you know, the sport um, you obviously want, you know, a clean backdrop or you're looking for certain things, you know? So it's, it's weird because it does come kind of naturally. Someone was mentioning, um, you know, like, hey, do you like study the track? And I was like, we kind of just go out there and you just make it kind of make it happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you think about things, but yeah, it's weird. There's not, I'm not that good at explaining it, but it just kind of comes to you as you're looking, you know, it's just a feel and you, you have. People- it, yeah, but you kind of see people doing things too. Like you guys know when you watch, you're like, whoa, that was cool what that guy just did. Mm-hmm. So then you might you might stay there a lap and capture just that guy hitting the corner because okay. he's doing something better than everybody else. But that's also your you know intuition on what's
1: happening. Yeah, that was sort of one of the, like he, I mentioned I had that sort of in my notes and I was curious, like whenever something major happens, let's talk like say McAdoo this weekend, right? Or Tuesday or Saturday, yep. somebody damn sure gets a picture of it. And it's like, how are there's always somebody in the right spot? It seems like whether it be you, or yeah. Gabi, it's like, you guys just seem to have intuition of like, all right, this is the right spot. The right, something's going to happen here. It's just, it's just like, we never hear, Oh, there was this huge crash with Marvin Muskan and nobody got a shot of it like that.
6: I know. Well, that's just the numbers of how many people are shooting and how many, you know, it's like your, your eyes are on the action. So McAdoo and, you know, um, it was Hunter, right. They were kind of in a battle. So, the Tuesday crash, it was Swanberg got photos of that like perfectly. like that was that was crazy that crash. yeah, I mean, he he couldn't have gotten any better photos of it. so that was really, pretty nuts to see that, both on video but also the photos. so props to him on that. and then um, yes, I actually was the one that shot the if you saw on Racer X, I was I shot McAdoo's practice crash.
1: okay, which, yeah, yeah,
6: that was just like purely by chance. Like the one where he crashed on the bridge, I mean, you just basically don't know somebody's going to crash. I mean, unless this weekend you could have just pretty much shot the whoops. Right. right. <laughs> in the main. Sure, sure. And like like kind of had an evil look on your face waiting for people to weed it. But <laughs> that's not really my playbook. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. So the McAdoo's practice crash, I was shooting kind of a slower shutter because it's the third practice. And by then we have like more than enough practice photos. So we don't really even need to shoot it but you might try some like different stuff or whatever. So I was shooting like slow shutter, which means like there might be a little blur to it and um, off that triple. And then next thing I know, Cameron flies into my frame. Like, and I was like, I just shot it, you know, like out of reaction. And I literally like, he's flying through the viewfinder and I'm like, holy crap. Like what is going on? You know? Yeah, so It's pure luck. I mean, that wasn't, you know, you can't, you can't anticipate that, but there's some people that seem to have like a knack for getting the crash photos. Like I feel like guy B that's what gets I was about a to say. Yeah, th- I don't know does. why, but he's he, always in he, the right yeah. spot. Maybe he
1: does. He gets, he gets a lot of crash photos. Some so bad mojo, him. Maybe he's putting this. I
6: don't like shooting crap. I told Cameron's mom, I'm like, Hey, I don't want to shoot these moments. Like we have to shoot everything, but yeah. like, I'd like to shoot some happy moments here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's a good so. point. Yeah.
2: We have a yeah. fan. We have a fan question. Um, do you, Obviously it's more efficient to do things digitally. Now that's why we're doing it. But do you like the old school photography with having to do the dark room and the negatives?
6: I think film's so cool. Like it's actually really popular right now. And, and I understand why, because everything's really instant gratification and it's really, it can burn you out with, um, I mean, we do so many photos. So I love film. I don't shoot it all the time and professionally it doesn't, doesn't make sense unless it's in the right scenario but yeah yeah i think i think film's cool um it's really like there's a surprise element to it and you can be like cool i got you know 12 frames here or whatever whatever you're shooting and uh you're hoping that what you got is cool basically when in digital you can literally take a photo it's Instant. Yeah. you can look at your camera and yeah say, okay that setting's a little off which is cool but the i do love film i don't really don't it's kind the of art. not
1: it's a little more art, art. There's more art to it. Uh, art I was actually talking to a guy exactly. named Neil Slozauer, uh last week. He is a f- world-famous rock and roll photographer. Like He did from the 70s all the way until the 90s. Like every, Almost every band, he's done their album covers, like Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. He went on tour with Van Halen. He, he's one of the biggest names in rock and roll photography and, yeah. and i reached out to him i want to do an interview with him and he's like dude i haven't picked up a camera in five years every since you know <laughs> digital man everybody thinks they're a photographer it's just not fun anymore and but uh and there's actually a pretty cool documentary on him if anybody's interested uh but uh but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's funny he's just like i'm over it you know i don't care about digital it's too easy now and that's so,
6: a very common uh story yeah i've heard that for many people there's a guy i met recently that um shot a lot of skating in the 80s he was at like delmar skate ranch He shot like Christian Asoi, Tony Hawk. And he said when, he said when the, when digital cameras came out, he was just like, he found no interest in doing it. And I was like, I kind of get that, but I'm just a photo nerd. Like if I'm on, I have an iPhone, I'll shoot photos. I just like, I may, but I didn't live that film, all film era either. So you're a little younger. How old are you? I just turned 37. Okay. I'm my back, my back went out on Friday. So I felt that <laughs> yeah. uh, 37. Wait till month, 40, 60.
1: dude. 40 is
6: when I notice a huge <laughs> difference. Mentally, I'm like 18 or yep. 15 or something. Oh but, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know,
6: my body's falling apart.
1: So yeah. I understand that, dude. Um, so I want to know, man, like with all the photographers, like there's a lot of well-known guys. We mentioned a bunch of them, the bigs out there. Is there ever any like rivalries or any like, dude, you're in my spot or any, any drama <laughs> you can tell us about? And they can be, Oh no,
6: Anton's gangster. He's the best. I he has know. this bucket. He has this bucket hat that he wore uh, this week that I was pretty stoked on. Oh yeah. Or he might not have worn it. Uh, I I was pretty hyped when I saw him with the bucket hat, but no, it's not really competitive. It's it's actually I lie. It's competitive, but it's not. I mean, you have drama here and there. But yeah. It's so not worth. So not worth even bringing up because it's like it's just heat of the moment stuff or whatever. But I mean, everyone's pretty respectful. I mean, if you're not it's a very small group.
7: Yeah. So you yeah. kind
6: of run off respect and it's like, you're not going to want to, you know, if you were, if you were a total dick, you'd be out of there quick. I feel like.
1: I, I think so too. That, that's just the way to, even in the media side of it, you know, it's small and, you yeah, know, obviously like, guys like pulp and weege are the, yeah. the top dogs, but there are, there's a lot of respect going around. Um, and you mentioned earlier, about the track map for the photographers, and it's dangerous, and uh you know one of the guys you work with, Rich Shepard, I think at Houston one or two dude got very lucky. I mean, he got hit dude he shoot
6: he's gnarly, like huge props to him, like he's he's the he is the exact definition just to put it to put it first, is the true photographer like fly on the wall guy mm-hmm. because he's like old school in the way that he's been shooting for years. And some of these riders almost don't even know who he is because he, he's truly a photographer. He, he doesn't want to be in the scene. He wants to capture it. Yes. So I love that about him. But so he he's shooting the race at Houston, I want to say. Two.
1: I think it was yeah, two.
6: Two. two. Yeah. Yeah. So 250 main, We he was on the outside of the track, and I went to the inside left just to get different stuff because we're working together. And I was on the inside. I go to the podium and – um all of a sudden someone says, Mike, like Rich Rich just got hit by a bike. Like, it's not good. Like, and dude's white as a ghost, you know? And I'm like, shit, man, like, where is he? They're like he took him out, they took him out in the ambulance. And I'm like, huh oh, shit, you know, like really gnarly. And I'm like, at that point, I mean, we have a gnarly job to do, and we shoot for Honda and Jet Lawrence won. So yeah, it's this weird uh crazy moment where you're like, there's nothing I can do for Rich. I, I have to keep going, but I need to like make sure he's okay kind of thing. So if, if I would have seen him get hit by the bike, I probably would have been totally mentally jacked. Cause everyone said it was really gnarly. So that was crazy. And then, so it current Thurman's bike flew off the track. I think he messed up a rhythm or something or hit a tough lock. And I wh- he whiskeyed the bike into rich, like yeah. rich had yep. his camera up. So rich said like all of a sudden he just was on the ground. Like he felt like the building fell on him. So pretty much like the worst case scenario of a photographer. And he was in a good spot, like a green zone, but it's just, you know, can't predict that. Sure. So anyways, he ended up in the ICU and I'm texting him and he, I don't think there's anyone I've ever known tougher than him because he, he had, he basically broke every, every right side rib. I think, I don't know how many there are, but I mean, he broke, they said pretty much everyone. And then his left side, he broke two or three ribs. And then three vertebrae. So he was like Holy tied to a backboard.
1: I didn't know it was that bad.
6: No, it was pretty gnarly. And and he's he's texting me like broken sentences. So in my head, I think brain injuries right away because it's just that's if if you're if are you conscious is my first thing. And then so I'm like, is he like you know, I didn't know if he was okay. And then yeah, then he tells me he's on a backboard and he's strapped down arms, legs, and neck. So he was like texting without looking is what what was happening. <laughs> Holy crap. So they had him in the hospital for, I think, 48 hours. Or, and then because of COVID, the place was overcrowded and he, his lungs were compromised because of the ribs. So they said, if you want to go home or not go home, but go back to the hotel, it's actually probably safer than sitting in here because he was in the hallway. Like, literally, he was in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't have his own room. Right, and the right. guy in front of him came from the jail and he, he got beat up in jail. Jeez. So like Rich's Houston two was not cool. No. So, yeah. No.
1: And did he, and, uh, yeah. did he end up shooting Houston three? Cause I saw him walking. No, around. no, no. Okay. He, he drove home. Um, he got out
6: of there. Simon came in, uh, shot Houston three. We were kind of just like, dude, there's not, um, like Rich has got to get out of here. And Simon booked the next flight out and he cruised out. So yeah. But the crazy part is, is he came back like Rich's like diehard, he just wants to do that. He's like, well, I'm going to come shoot from the stands if I can, you know? Yeah. So he was back. He only missed one race. Okay. And, I mean, he, he had some serious stuff, you know? So,
1: yeah, I, I feel like, I swear I saw him walking around, walking at the hotel, like within a couple of days later, but maybe it was beforehand. Maybe I'm just mixed up. It might've been, but people, I think people were like thinking
6: like, were you like making that up? But it's like, no, this guy's actually just the toughest dude. I think I ever known. Like that's gnarly. I, I love it. I'll tell you that I would never advise getting in a fight with Rich Shepard. Cause no, I, I don't no. think you will end up on the right end of that.
1: He definitely, I've only talked to him briefly a couple of times. And I actually, a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, we were, I was trying to get him on here and our schedules weren't lining up, but I got that same vibe of how you described him. Like the man in the shadows, like, like everybody knows oh, Anton, yeah. everybody knows guy B pretty much, but yeah. like Rich is, he's like, It's kind of like who's that weird guy over there? You know, like he told me he was
6: blowing you off. Actually, he said he's too cool for you. Oh, okay, cool, cool. That's that's actually the reason.
1: That's
2: probably probably accurate. I'll take that. That's (laughs) totally
6: how he is. (laughs) I call him Rick. I just call him Rick all the time. Oh, do you? (laughs) No reason. That's awesome. We have a good time, man. He's a good dude. Like I couldn't pick pick a better person to work with weekly. And like he just has, like I said, he's the most one of the most humble people I've ever met. Doesn't want to even bother a rider. But he's there capturing. It's just cool, you know. Like, I'll say that common a common thing for a younger photographer is they're just as excited to get famous as the rider they're shooting Mm. because it's this weird social media thing. Rich is old school. Like he could care less about social media. He's like he's just like there to do the job and do it well. So it's pretty cool.
1: I like that. That's really cool. I'm
6: not hating on that. I'm not hating on someone wanting to be famous either. That's cool. But Rich is just that classic, like. Yeah. True great photographer. Love it.
2: And um, we have it's a fan share. fan question from Hal Simpson is how oh uh, Yeah, dark sides, buddy. Hal. um, oh, he's cool. asking if photographers are able to keep up with the race or are y'all so laser focused on getting individual shots that you, that you, miss it. And then do you go back to see how the play, the race played out?
6: That's funny. I, that's a good question because I used to work right now. I do. I focus just on photos And I probably could pick up a writing gig, I guess, if I wanted. But I used to write a lot and I used to work for Cycle News. And that would be your assignment is not only photos, but it's also to write an article about the race. So Mm -hmm. it is really hard to do both because you are focused in your viewfinder. So it is like Anton props to him because what he does is like it's gnarly. He's he he knows everything that's going on but he also is shooting and capturing. So you're definitely giving up some of your creative freedom. Probably if you're watching the race and that I'm trying to think of something just like, I'll talk to riders and I'll be like, dude, how'd it go? I literally don't know if they (laughs) could have, they could have went over the bars. Like I forget. I think it was, I feel like it was hammocker this week. I'm like, dude, I feel like you've had some bad luck maybe, or I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. He's like, ah, and I felt like, I felt like I was, he didn't have bad luck. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, yeah. he probably, he probably thought I was just thinking he was riding like shit or something, but it was just funny. Cause I'm like, I don't really, it's hard to see what happens. That's definitely the truth. I would if you're shooting.
1: Yeah. I would definitely think so. Uh, because yeah, you're, you're trying to get shots. But, um, last thing I want to ask you about is I, I, I guess it's a company, a website, align with us that you do with rich. And of course the legend, Simon, Simon, yep, Cudby. Yep. talk about align with us and you know, Just give us a little bit of background on what that is.
6: Yeah, so that came about because um, I was working for Transworld. as was the photo editor for, I don't know, four years-ish. And then everybody knows Transworld closed up shop. They got bought. Decided they didn't like Transworld motocross. And then next thing you know, everyone's out of the job. And we're like, shit. So that was a bummer. Um, I had a two two-month-old baby at the time mm-hmm. so I'm like huh this is gnarly I just lost my job I have a two-month-old baby but um in that year after Transworld closed I actually realized like how lucky I was with I got I ended up getting enough work to survive and everything was cool but through that Rich kind of Rich was working with Simon and he was you know shooting every race and it's hard to do this by yourself, so. Um, we kind of just were like, he's like, dude, you should come shoot a race and work with me. I'm like, I'm down to try that out. And then I came to, I don't know what I did first, but we shot a couple of races together and it was really fun. Like his pressure went down and I enjoyed doing what I do and we kind of use each other's strengths. So I helped him shoot Cooper Webb winning his first title, whatever 19 was. Yeah. So it was just like, he was just super hyped on it. Simon obviously was like, Oh, this is cool. You know? And then we were like, Hey, like we should all work together. I'm like, cool. Like I'm down, but I want to start something like that has legs that could grow, you know, sure. Yeah. Something that can turn into something and grow a little bit and whatever, make it, make it something fun that we can do cool stuff with. And then that's kind of how a line came about. Cause, um, Simon wasn't shooting much at that time. Like Rich was doing a bulk of the work and, uh, and then I talked to Simon and him and I'm like, yeah, it's figured it out. And I had people that I guess if I was going to be a race photographer might have jumped on board with me to, to use me for their photos. Okay. But it's more of a, it's more of a way to pool together um, our work and then work together on stuff rather than say, if I wanted to go do race photography, I would be working as competition to rich and Simon. Yeah. So it kind of was a way to work together and no, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't think I would ever want to do this as a solo thing. I just, I don't know. I think it's more fun to work with somebody and the workload's a little easier and the stress is a little less too.
1: So yeah, it makes sense, man. So
6: yeah, so there's two of us at every race. That's basically the deal. Okay. There's always at least two, sometimes three. And through a line, I've been able to use my creativity. Like I like, I like to do creative things like past, uh, you know, just the photos. So if you go to our Instagram, we're able to kind of put together some cool stuff weekly for people that follow us. And that's fun too. So I don't know. It's it's a pretty cool deal.
1: I and think there's so, more to come. Agree.
6: So, yeah. So, yeah, we started it the year COVID hit. So we're like, <laughs> it's been, Actually, I missed the year anniversary of the line. Like, oh. we had a big launch party and it was like badass. I'm like, dude, this is cool. And then a year later, we're like, lucky we're at the races. You know, it's like, oh, like COVID hits. Like, I literally missed our anniversary. I was like, holy crap. Our like one year anniversary went by. Yeah, uh, so. You're
1: just busy. Yeah, I
6: get it. Yeah, And like, life's been crazy for everybody the last year, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. But if you guys are listening, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram, pay attention to the photo creds when guys like Cooper Webb or, you know, Honda poster pictures, you will almost 50% of the time, it seems like it'll say down there online with us. And <laughs> yeah. their Instagram is at align dot with dot us, and the website is align.with.us. with dot us. Go check it out. Follow these guys; they do great work. Uh, Mike, man, I appreciate you coming on. We uh, yeah, dude. We got to wrap this Thanks thing up. We me. got Colt Nichols coming up next. Um, but we, oh man, tell Colt this is a tough act to follow. Yeah, I, it's I will. Gonna be tough. <laughs> I,
7: I'll, I'll tell, tell him. him man. It's going
6: to be tough. Tell him to bring dude. the heat. Wait, I, think, I, I have a, I have a question for you. Okay. I only know you as dark side. Is your name public or hidden? I want to know no, your, no, it's, your it's, name. People know. It's Jamie. My real name is Jamie. Jamie. Okay. Because yep. I'm like, I don't know your name. And when you text me, I'm like,
1: dark Side, I'm going to the dark side. <laughs> well, He's Darkside on my phone. That's what most people know and me Sam. as in the industry. So Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Like every once in a while, like Kiefer, will he'll call me by Jamie. But not very many people know. That's it. it's I
6: uh, I didn't know if you were in witness protection or something.
1: <laughs> well, maybe it's not, Jamie. maybe I'm
6: just telling you that. And I back the ponytail by the way. Well, I appreciate just it. Thank you. I know Pulp gives you crap, gives you shit, but
1: <sighs> yes, I'm, he I'm does. on board with it. Yes, he does. He, that's all he I'm does. I'm on board get, with the tail. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm so. keeping it, man. Well, I'll, uh, I'll see you at right, the finals. Cool. Maybe, uh, maybe yeah. I'll, I'll get my good side in front of your camera at some point and there you go. Well, I got uh, you. I got a photo of you at Arlington, I think. So we got you one. Yeah. I just, yeah. I haven't seen it anywhere yet, man. I thought maybe it was just a bad pick and, or that you're like, yeah, this, not this picture. Didn't oh no, it. it's on our, it's on
6: our uh, folders. They just, you know, it just lives on. Oh, I'll get it to you. I'll to I check thought it out. Steve might send it to you because he'd see it and get so excited.
1: <laughs> Mathis, you know? Sure. Sure. I'm surprised it wasn't a rant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for having me guys. I appreciate Absolutely. It. Mike, I'll see you in a couple weeks, man. Take care. All right, cool. Take care, guys. See you, bud. Thanks. All right, thanks to Mike Emery for coming on. Let's take a very quick uh, commercial break here, and we'll be right back. If you want power, then you need
6: Williams Moto Works.
1: Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy, voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want
3: complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams WilliamsMotoWorks at... 414-467-6199. or follow them on instagram at williams moto works that's williams underscore moto w-e-r-x or you can even email them at williams moto works that's
1: williams moto and then w-e-r-x at gmail.com okay that's better not good but better fly racing is back on board with the moto x pod show for 2021 What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion zach osborne as well as blake baggett gold medalist Connor fields and even the beast from the east damon bradshaw trust fly racing there simply is no better
3: what's up guys this is the seven juice trade out of intercom i'm here to tell you about Achiribis USA. For decades, Achiribis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM. Backstreet hockey, TLD KCM, and Rocky Mountain KCM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to achirubiusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead
7: Pajo sent you.
1: We're back again, next guest of the night, brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Whether you race motocross, supercross, side-by-side, sprint cars, whatever, man, Blood Lubricants has an oil for you. Visit bloodlubricants.com, that's blood with a U, and use promo code MOTOX, all in caps, to save. Tonight, Blood Lubricants brings us from Star Yamaha, the points leader in the east colt nichols what's up dude
0: hey guys how we doing pleasure to be here
1: yeah man we're uh dude back to racing it has been nine freaking weeks since you've raced yes
0: <laughs> it's been a while it seems to be obviously like everyone kind of i think maybe forgot about us a little bit and now everyone's like wow it's been nine weeks yeah. 10 weeks, whatever so it's a uh, it's been kind of crazy but honestly it's been it's been a good nine or ten weeks we has it Got a, yeah, we got a big jump start on, on outdoor testing and, um, yeah, I really got to dive into that pretty deep and I was actually nursing a few little, just little stuff, you know, like from weekend to weekend, little injury stuff and, yeah. um, got to get over that and, you know, fully be healed up and healthy. And man, we've had a, a really good little training block and uh, I'm just excited to go back to racing really I'm, I'm ready to get after it. it's been, like you said, it's been a minute, so I'm uh, yeah, ready to go.
1: Like I didn't really realize going into the season, like, how long, like, you guys didn't race very long. It seemed like, what, three weeks, it feels like, or something like that. And then I didn't realize, looking at the schedule, how long the break was before you raced again. Like, it's really, we knew the season was going to be weird schedule-wise and and three races in a week and all that stuff, but it didn't hit me until a couple weeks ago. It's like, holy crap, it's been a long time since those guys have raced.
0: Yeah, it really has. It was kind of weird just because we did, you know, the seven so quick. Yeah. I think it was cool four weeks, you know, seven races in four weeks. And, um, you know, that's super, super fast. So, I mean, we were kind of getting into the flow really well. And, um, you know, it was going obviously awesome for me at the time. And then you just take this ginormous pause, but, exactly, uh, you know, yeah, luckily for me though, it's been good. We, we've made it really productive and I got to work on a lot of things. I felt like I was, uh, could have been a little better at. So, um, we used our time wisely and I'm ready to come out swinging, uh, this weekend and then finish it off at the East West show.
1: Yeah, so I want to talk to so we got basically two races well, two races left, not basically, factually two races left, but <laughs> one of them is a showdown. Uh I think you're eight up on Christian. Like, what's the game plan? Is anything like are you going into these next two races any differently than you did the first seven?
0: Uh no, not not at all, actually. I mean the approach there at the end was um survive. <laughs> uh yeah i mean kind of like the the last race (laughs) at orlando you know i I felt like i really kind of gave the one away at yeah at indy and i was i was a little i was really bummed about that we went to orlando and uh the biggest thing was just getting out of there i you know i had that crash at indy and um was a little bumped up and bruised up and so i was like okay let's get through this one then we got this big break and then we can kind of refocus ourselves and you know like i said i've done exactly that and you know i want to go try to win races i don't want to try to just go out there and be passive you know i, I want to be uh do exactly what i've been doing and it was working really well and uh yeah i just want to get back to doing the exact same thing and put myself in good positions and, and go try to win some races that's that's pretty much all i can do
2: okay um how cole how hard is it to not sit there for nine weeks and not think about the championship because i mean like you say you do nine weeks break and you basically come into it's over it's like starting over is yeah and you have to be like how how hard is it to not sit there and, 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 dwell on it? And what do you do to, to, cause obviously you don't want to think about it too much. So what kind of just take us through that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what was probably the best thing about the situation that I had here was, uh, was pretty much that I didn't, I didn't really have time to think about it too much. You know, it was more like, you know, I got done and, you know, I used to, I think about two weeks to stay off the bike right after Orlando, two or three weeks and just kind of heal up some stuff. And, take that little break that we all need. And, um, during that time I was just focused on, on healing up. And then after that, like I said, we, we really dove straight into outdoors and we pretty much did this ginormous outdoor training block. So, uh, I, I think it was more or less just staying busy. I was so busy that I didn't even really have time to think yeah. about it. I mean, I get done with the days at the track and I'm exhausted. I'm just like, Jesus, outdoors is brutal. So <laughs> right. uh, that was kind of one of those things. And then once we got back to supercross, obviously the focus changes and um, you know, we're just trying to look at it and like, be like, just stay present. I mean, it's so day to day with this stuff. And I've gotten ahead of myself in the past before. And, um, you know, you, you just get a little lost. I mean, that that's a road that you don't really want to go down. And so my approach this year was, was really day by day. I just tried to focus on getting better when I was at the practice track. And, um, you know, luckily I, I feel like I've really been able to do that. We've, we've made a lot of improvements on this time and got to work on the bike a little bit. And my fitness, I feel like is, is next level. So, uh, mainly just focusing on the day to day, not trying to get too caught up in it, and uh, that's been been my approach, and I feel like it's worked really well.
1: So the championship, you know, you between you and Craig, like I said, it's eight points. Um, mm-hmm. is that is it easier or more difficult, or doesn't matter to be so in a points battle so tight with a teammate? Like, does that make it easier because maybe you have some more trust in how they're going to race you, or does it really matter? It's just another guy when it comes down to it.
0: Yeah. I I think it's just uh, another guy. I mean, you, you want to think that way just, and I I think it helps with, with me and him just because we are a little, a little older, Mm. uh, a little more mature. And, um, you know, we've really left it all on the track. Like I've, I've raised Christian extremely uh, clean all year and, and he's done the same to me and there's a lot of respect there, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's a championship, you know, there's a lot on the line and, um, you know, it's just our livelihoods and, and what we try to strive for each and every day. So I'm sure, you know, with with two races left to go, I mean, that I'll always respect that guy just for his skill on the bike and what he does, but um, you know, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty and uh, you know, we'll see, but it definitely makes it tough just I think on the more or less on the day to day because, you know, I see the guy every day. You know, there's no secrets anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're constantly exposing yourself to your main competition. So, it's right. uh that's that's something, but um it's still it's still a good thing, you know, because the same way he's doing that to me, I'm doing that to him. So there's really no getting away from each other. Right. So, yeah,
7: yeah.
0: Uh, it's been interesting in that sense, but overall, it's um, you know, there's a lot of things that have helped me, and I, you know, I'm sure a lot of things that have helped him too with it being that way. So um, we're getting it. I mean, like I said, it's been a lot of respect here, but between both of us and coming down to it, it's pretty cool for the team, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping well, I can do my part and add a number one plate to that truck.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, as far as the team goes, it, it's pretty i don't want to set it in stone but it's almost set in stone it's, it feels like locked in that you guys are going to win an east and a west supercross championship i mean unless something just absolutely insane happens that's the way it should go down yeah
0: i mean that would be phenomenal I mean, so that's, that's what we've been striving for and you know i knew before the season started lining up and uh you know it was mainly when we were doing our photo shoot yeah and, uh you know there's 38 of us out there or whatever but you know whenever <laughs> we were sitting there i'm like man we got Got some really uh, yeah. a lot of time on this team on the two fifty side and the four fifty side and you know, I knew that we were gonna have some some good shots at taking home some titles just based off of, you know, the riders themselves. So I, I'm really hoping I can do my part, man. I've been on this team for four or five years now and uh, they've had a lot of belief in me over the years and kept re signing me even when I was injured and stuff, and that that really meant a lot. So I mean to pay them back with a championship would be uh I mean that W dream come true, really.
1: Yeah, I, I have a favor to ask of you. Um I need you to bring the dangling earring back.
0: <laughs> I actually have it in right now. To be honest, I'm about to go to dinner, so I have it in right now. I dig it. I haven't been racing with that thing. I've been, you know, keeping it, keeping it business. Uh, on no, the weekends, no, bring it back, man. It's still there. I it's like it on the there. podium,
1: man. Like this is pretty sick. You're you're too young to know this, but when I was a kid, there was a TV show called Family Ties. Michael J. Fox yeah. is kind of where he got famous. And there was a character on there. It was his sister's boyfriend, Nick. He was the like the the troublemaker. And I don't know if he's a troublemaker. He was just a, an outlaw and he had this dangling cross earring. And every yeah. time I see you with that thing, I think of Nick <laughs> from Family Ties.
0: Yeah, everyone has something that they're attached to. I mean, yeah. when it comes to it, someone's constantly poking fun at me or whatever about no, it. Oh, it's cool. I don't really care. Dude, I, I mean, think I'm it's cool, like, man.
5: Bring the 80s back. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. Why yeah. not? Oh yeah.
2: So, we uh there, so we have a I your question and also it's one of mine that i had notes for was do you think that that the east coast guys are do y'all getting a competitive advantage going into the outdoors with all your you said you did a lot of outdoor training do you think that that gives y'all an edge going into the outdoors to be able to work on the bike and even going into the shootout does it give you an edge on the other coast to have that time
0: uh, yes and no. I, I mean, I, I think to some extent it's really good. I mean, for for me, it was good just because I was able to log motos. Um, you know, I've already did a, a full season of outdoors based off of <laughs> my moto count that I've done, you know, at right, that right. time. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was able to put in a lot of time and then we were, uh, it was kind of tough too, to some extent, because we were trying to test a little bit of outdoor stuff, but all of, you know, everybody was gone, like all the personnels at, at these residencies. Oh, yeah. so it's kind of just me and mechanic working back and forth and doing stuff with, with what we can, but uh, it was really good for me. Uh, We made it really productive and it was probably the strongest I felt outdoors, Um, just doing the motos themselves. It was, it was a really good, good change of pace for me. So I I would like to think so. It, It gives us an advantage, but also, you know, maybe other guys look at it another way where they're like, well, we're not so burnt out. Maybe we're a little fresher, you know, whatever you want to say, but um, I, I think that gives the advantage to our side. And as far as the East West, I don't really think there, there's much of one, just because we're all so, so long due on this break that yeah. the the advantage going into the East West, I don't really think is too big of a deal, just because those guys only get one weekend off and they're right back to it. So uh, it should be it should be good, man. It's going to be entertaining. That coast has been fun to watch on the couch, but I'm, uh, I'm I'm excited to get back out there behind the gate and see what we can do.
1: I got a couple more questions I want to ask you. We talked about outdoors, obviously. Last year you missed it, uh, broken hand, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you, like, missing it last year? Does that make you that much more hungry for it this year? Uh, you know, are you excited about outdoors? Because, look, I mean, you know, the heat and humidity, it's its not – to me it wouldn't be as much fun, but some people like it more. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'm, I'm actually very excited for it just because, um, you know, I feel like I had a really good 2019 season yeah. there. Um, and so sorry about that, but okay. yeah, I had a, I had a decent 2019 season and, you know, that was, I was starting to build really well. And then, you know, like I said, missed all of 2020, which was unfortunate, but, uh, I, you know, I don't want to be dubbed as like this super cross only guy or, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, I really want to go try to prove my point and show that, you know, I, I can do well outdoors and I'm putting a lot of emphasis on that this summer. Um, that's something I was really trying to chase and that's also, I think what made it a little easier um, once we did this big break to have that transition, because my sole focus was get better and, and try to put in these motos and, you know, really try to uh, have this big building block and get the bike a little bit better and a little more similar to to what I really want it to do uh, outdoor wise. So um, yeah, I'm really trying to make a push for it, man. I want to go out there and try to win some races and be a championship guy outdoors. And that that's my sole purpose. Once we uh, get done with salt Lake is take that focus there and, uh, yeah, try to do that as well. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I like it.
2: Um, we have a fan question. It says, if you could grow up in, in a different era or, or any other era, what would it be? And, and uh, Did you just say arrow era, era,
7: era, era. era. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, I would, uh, I would probably have to say the nineties, man. That was just, that was it for me. I was, um, you know, I was a nineties baby, but I, I wasn't born until 94. And, um you know that was whenever a and all those dudes were in their prime and yeah. uh, to me that, that just seemed like the pinnacle of, of all of it really with uh, mc kind of bringing all that light to the sport and um kind of making it obviously w- what it was today or what it is today and um i would probably have to say the 90s man that just seemed like a really fun era for supercross and everything was growing so fast and um something i, I would have liked to been a part of it seemed like it was a really really cool time to be a supercross fan and the fans were so engaged too like i watch these old races on youtube and and Kind of blown away. I'm like, geez, dude, they just get so amped. Like, same, they show the same here. Everyone's so fucking excited. Like, it's really cool looking. So, I don't know. I'd probably have to say the 90s, man. That was a All really, right.
1: really cool. Hooped earrings, bleach yeah. tips, and no social media.
0: Yeah. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Wrong with
1: that. All right. So, I got I got a question that I think is kind of fun. Um, I don't know your, your mechanic, Trevor. I don't know that I've ever actually had a chance to talk to him, but I do know Jericho and I know Jelly a little bit. Man, talk, got to give us some stories. Is there any kind of mechanic rivalries? Anything they do to compete against each other? Any funny stories? Uh because Jericho is a riot, dude. I love that guy. Um Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the whole I feel like all those guys just have a good time, man. I mean, they're just they're they're rock stars too and just nobody knows it.
0: Yeah, I'm actually it's kind of funny to say that. Our, I've been with Trevor um I was with Trevor for four, my first four years on star. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I'm actually, he actually moved to the, to our engine guy. Oh, so now okay. my, yeah, for just for this season. So I started working with Matt Winters. He oh, was, I yeah, know uh, Matt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was Macarath mechanic yep. for years. Uh, worked at, you know, factory KTM with Dean that one year when he, or the two years that he was there. And, um, he's just a really good dude, man. He's a really, really good mechanic. Yep. Very passionate about what he does. And, I'm um, obviously still close with Trevor and whatnot, since he's still with the team, but, um, I, I really think they, they got, they seem to have a really good relationship as far as Matt and, uh, Derek, like they, they seem to get along well. And I knew Derek before he came to the team work to work for Christian. So, mm-hmm. uh, cause he worked with my buddy Bogle, um, oh, and yeah. Gloss and all that. So I a- knew him yeah. a little way back. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're such good dudes. They work so hard. They definitely don't get enough recognition and, and credit for what they do, but um nothing too crazy man they've been pretty spot on with everything they they handle their business like professionals and uh you know matt gets me hyped up when i need to and derek's there (laughs) trying to get his wwe pep talks in so yeah with Uh, with slayer playing in the background yeah honestly yeah it's a really good it's a really good um it's a good like little thing to have like because you have these interesting like personalities with yeah. everybody yeah, yeah. and they all blend together really really good so it's uh it's been a fun year like i've really enjoyed the company that we have and the camaraderie around the team is, is pretty next level so yeah it's good.
1: it's such a bummer that we can't come into the tents and, and visit man because dude i you know i, I kind of got to be known as the guy that brought donuts to the teams and the mechanics and i love visiting with jericho and, and i mean just oh, man it's, it's a bummer i i hope I hope this is not something that sticks around even after the COVID stuff goes away that they're like, yeah, I just, you got to stay out of the tents. Cause I miss that.
0: I know it's honestly, it does suck. I mean, even like for us, it's, it's nice sometimes, you know, like sure. you have that little bit more downtime to just kind of hang out in the truck and, yeah. back and do whatever. Uh, but I do miss it, dude. There's nothing like racing with with packed stadiums and fans everywhere, and like people running through the pits. Like that's it's chaotic, but that's what makes Supercross what it is. So part of the
1: show. I, mean, I, I hope it gets back to normal for sure. I right, go. I like to hear in that. Yeah. Ahead, um, which uh,
2: we had. A, a Hal Simpson wanted to know which star mechanic can ride the best.
1: And, and so you know, Hal is good friends with Matt. Mm,
0: interesting. Um. We actually were at the track the other day, and I was trying to have the mechanics do like a start. We we're going to throw some money on it to see who could just hop on the bike and do a start, and yeah, get the whole shot. But uh, they ended up backing out; they didn't want to do it, uh, probably for the best. But I honestly, I I don't know. Like, I couldn't even answer that. I don't. I've never seen. I don't think any of those dudes ride so i i honestly don't know if you had to line them all i don't i don't really know i don't know who i'd put my money on i guess i'd have to go with matt my guy uh i'll keep some faith in him he keeps the faith in me yeah. so we'll keep it there <laughs> you know,
1: that's funny that's something they should do is like you guys should have like maybe after the national i don't know, at some point when there's like, some downtime a three-lap race at the at mechanic race with the mechanics and the the they have to do a pit stop where their rider is the mechanic and has to do something
0: yeah, like change the rear wheel yeah, or something that, like that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. That would yeah, be, that'd cool. be ridiculous. That'd be but, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean I have a little bit of experience there. I mean, I've right. been my own my own mechanic for a while, but sure. I mean honestly, I've been so spoiled for, for so long, I probably get lost. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Well, man, um I appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy, man. You're about ready to get back to racing. Uh looking forward to seeing I'll be at the final, so I'll I'll try to swing by and yell from behind the rope or whatever, but Dude, I, I appreciate you coming on for a little bit, man.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was long overdue, but I appreciate you guys having me. And uh yeah, we'll we'll see you at the finale. All
1: right. Well, good luck this weekend and uh talk to you soon, bud. All
0: right, thanks, guys. See appreciate
1: you. it. All right, thanks to Colt Nichols. Uh I feel like it's been a really good show. And just if you guys didn't hear, stay tuned. We've got a uh a pre recorded interview with Garrett MarchBanks that'll be coming up. That,
2: that was that, that was a good Marchbanks one's good too
1: i hit the wrong that the beeps man i hit the wrong mute button so, oh yeah that's why that we heard the beep sorry um but yeah there's a really great interview with garrett giving his side that's going to be if you guys are on youtube right now you'll have to check out the archives we're not it, it won't be played over youtube uh okay let's go back to the beginning of the show real quick um
2: oh top. i i do i was gonna ask him but this is still something that we can talk about if okay. i can do this real quick um do you do you think, and the fans can, uh, our viewers can weigh in on this too, do you think that it is fair, I, as, I like it as a fan, but do you think that from a rider it's fair to have their championship determined with guys that they've never raced with before, having the shootout?
1: Uh, in the shootout.
2: And I think it makes it more exciting because anything can happen. A guy that's getting fourth can all of a sudden get ninth, but as a rider, what do you think that they feel?
1: As a rider, they Eh, it could go either way Cause you could you're get in somebody second, You could get somebody in the middle um,
2: It really dude, I it, don't know I like, think it makes a Like
1: I think as a rider It would be I might be irritated by it As a fan obviously It's the opposite yes. So Is it fair? I mean
2: Like do Okay like this Like here's a question To, to put in perspective Does Zacco win that championship Against Savachi If they're not Shooting out If they're not right, in the shootout Right, right. I mean like Yeah, yeah, I think he does. You still think he got it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he does. Um, That's a good question. I, I mean, it's obviously it's just subjective. So I'm going to say, if I was a rider, it doesn't feel fair. But who really? Who who's to say what's fair? I mean, it's it's just more, dude. Because like you could be, if you let's say it's only the east. Let's say they don't do that, right? Well, some random guy could show up to the east. Gets his license. I'm going to race this one race in the east, and he could get in the damn way. Yeah, is that fair? He's just another racer. Well, it out does there.
2: make it better racing too because yeah. it's it's it's, it's just top more, it's twenty. Just it's another racer. It's ten. It's the top ten from each coast, so it's yeah. a lot more competitive. Right. And uh, yeah, that's what so that's what it, it does make. I think it does make the shootout mean more because then you can say, oh well, this guy won the shootout. Well, oh, they'd already wrapped up the title. They weren't trying. Now that they're all still racing at that same level, it does make it a little more exciting as a, as a
1: race. I agree. Okay. So I'm sorry. let's, let's, Let's do, let's talk about Cameron McAdoo situation and we'll talk about Kenny and Cooper real fast. And then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, I don't know if we have any ladies watching FMF ladies hat here. Um, we, I know we have some female listeners like Jordan and Samantha. If one of you wants this FMF hat DM me or let's just do email, do the email, uh, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com, and we'll pick a winner. We'll send this thing out if anybody wants it. Um, okay. Cameron McAdoo, the first crash, red flag. We, we've all seen it. We've all heard the talk. Should he have been allowed to race, in your opinion? In my opinion— Based off the rules— Well, no. You can put, it, you can okay. put it, just put your opinion in it. Based
2: off the rules, Then there's no rule that said that he couldn't race as long as he was cleared. Right. So from a rules perspective— he he didn't he he it can't be wrong if he didn't break a rule true it uh, scared okay. it well, okay, so fast forward to he is racing he pulls whole shot and then <laughs> he goes and then he goes in and he like triple and then like he does another triple he's O-J. like he's 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 like uh well, I can't even think of what it's called right now when you're he's bar hugging and like stretched out. stretched out and it looks like he's about to case, and I'm like, oh god, why did they let him do this yeah, but yeah. i mean. I mean, he like he, that guy's racing for his life, and and he said he was good. They cleared him. There shouldn't be any question. I can see why from a championship, because like that went from Justin Cooper having the title locked up, essentially from him causing the red. It ca- he caused the red flag. He had the title basically cinched up at that point, and then all of a sudden now he's still fighting he's for back it. I, it, yeah. I can see how that could be irritating or frustrating, and could have a negative look to it, but. He didn't do anything wrong. He did what the rules stand and he came in and he fought for what he he for, he fought for his ride and for his life and I thought that, that was impressive. So I mean, It
1: was impressive and I texted him and I said, Hey man, so much respect that he got back out. This was Tuesday night. Uh and he responded Wednesday morning and said thanks, man, but but I was definitely concerned for his health. I mean even he ragged on like six times. <laughs> even though he passed the the concussion protocol night of and they looked at him like, I'm like, well, how do you know he doesn't have some internal bleeding? Like, there, there's things that I was worried about. And so, I don't know if I fully agree with Steve last night saying, or whenever he said it, like, well, if you cause a red flag, you should just be out. And then if you're okay, well, sorry, man. You know, I don't, it's such a fine line because there's yeah. so many different factors. But in that situation, I almost would have rather him not race because I was worried about him. But he ended up being pretty damn, obviously pretty damn good the rest of the night. How much of that contributed to Saturday, he even said, hey, like, my legs were, you know, my like, I were weak, and I couldn't really squeeze the bike, and I probably could have saved that when I, you know, if not for that injury happening, he had the growing injury and hematoma. So, like, that just makes me think, he can't put his foot down, right, his left foot, he couldn't really put down, like, I don't know that he should have been racing then. I, I mean... I hate to take the exaggerated statement of he was a hazard. I don't know that he was – I mean, he looked like a hazard with what we saw. Yeah. Not all of it was his fault. You know, the thing with Styles Robertson, he ran out of room. The bike hit a a tough block. It shoots him back into the the center of the track, and Chris blows, clips him. Okay, yeah, if he hadn't been out there, maybe that doesn't happen. But if he had been completely healthy, it might have still happened. Can't really say. I mean, so, it's a
7: gray
2: area because it all it all
1: comes down to... I think to the s- rule needs to change, though. I think if you if you go down in well, a red flag situation, you shouldn't race.
2: And, and that's a good point because, say, he, same scenario, he he wrecks the same way that he did, except he doesn't get flung up to the top of yeah. the, the tabletop sure, where, sure. where that's what caused the red flag because they couldn't get him... They had to get couldn't him, get him down. down. Yep. So, say he does the same wreck and he just hits the face of it and slides back down and is off the track. That race doesn't get red flagged. They slide him off, he's out of the championship. So that's the gray area. Like, where do you you draw the line? I think,
1: I kind of, I don't know if they could have done this, but whoever called for the red flag, whether it be that medic, I I feel like, okay, did you call for it because you couldn't get him down, or did you call for it because you thought he was too injured to continue? If you only called for it because... It wasn't safe to get him off. He was okay, but you couldn't get him off the jump. That is not on McAdoo. So
2: then, the one of our Hal uh, said. So then, then what's what's the standard for the red flag? There seems to be that seems that's to be with the gray at, area. That's
1: got to be at the medics. I mean, and um,
2: and all of our, you know, and it expression. should be, you know, that's the way. Um, I can't. I'm drawing a blank on the term right now, but that's how our law system works. A precedent. It works on precedent, you know, something doesn't need to be a rule until it needs to be a rule. Do you think that this scenario is one of the items that they visit when they start making the rules for next year? And do you think that you see a big change in that?
1: I doubt it. You doubt it? I doubt they change anything because, again, it is subjective. Um, You know, I mean, uh, we don't really know why they threw the red flag for sure. I don't think anybody's come out with a statement, this is why the red flag was thrown. He did finish the race, seemed okay. So when you take all those factors, you go, well, why not let him race? Yeah.
2: So like then, the, where, where's the line though? Because then yeah, I don't know. Because because Bogle got back. Do you think it was fair that Bogle came it, back earlier in the heat, the, the heat race earlier in the season?
1: I don't know, man. Is this because because yeah.
2: every because I mean that's the thing about the sport is it's so many
1: things can happen. Yeah, it's so scenario incident, based. Judge, yeah,
2: I, I think you can't blanket a rule I over I think the you whole thing. You have to make it
1: black and white though. Yeah. Because then there, I don't like the gray area either. Either. I want to say okay. If you cause the red flag, then you can't race. There really is no other option other than the that's, gray area, and, and that's why they know.
2: put the term AMA's discretion. Yeah,
1: I know, but shit, dude, I don't it's, know. It's it's difficult to say. I just I think more often than not, that crash that that scenario would have went even worse for the rider. Uh, I think he got lucky Tuesday night, and then things yeah. fell apart Saturday night.
2: Yeah, I, and I don't think I don't think what happened to him Saturday had anything to do with the
1: incident on Tuesday. I really don't. Well, the the crash in practice did.
2: Oh, because you said the grip. He oh, said, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: thinking about in the race. Yeah, and the race was just a cluster, and yeah, I don't know, man. I I mean, <sighs> yeah, it was. I would say
2: that it, uh, for me, I it's did, not
1: it's just not cut and dry unless you just say, all right, if you cause a red flag, you're done. Yeah, and that's it. Whether it, and. and that will bring other things to light. That yeah. will bring situations where well, he wasn't hurt. Why couldn't he race? You know, yeah. And they threw the red flag too early, or what? You know, I mean, it and it, it's just gonna be more of us bitching. Because then, what if he? What, what if or, he?
2: What if he went down, but somebody else caused the red flag and he got back in the race? That would have been okay. So yeah, like true, true. Uh, but I, I will say this, kind of on a lighter note. Uh, I did feel like I got, I, 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 like it was worth the money to spend on the, the peacock. Because we got to see, I was, I was. The commercial break went, and oh, the, and, it, the he, and then you got to hear him, and they, yeah. and they, and they said it in the broadcast too. They showed it, but hearing it, I was like, oh my
7: god, yeah, oh my, yeah.
2: They caught it on, they caught yeah. it on. And like I was like, oh, he's gonna ride, like what? <laughs> I like know. I was,
1: my notes, like my, my eyes right here, got big. Out. Yeah, I'm going back to my notes. Um, so this is this is uh, Tuesday night's notes. Yes, big bold letters. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And holy shit. He's racing. Yeah. That's what I wrote. <laughs> like,
2: and he's like, you didn't talk to me, but I'm good.
1: Yeah yeah. 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 So, all right, let's shift gears. We're getting, uh, we're, we're over two hours right now. Yeah. It's a good show. And it's getting and late. You still have I still got my wrap up stuff to do tonight. Well, and so it's, it's going to be longer
2: than that because you have to add I have the McAdoo. March
1: Banks interview. But real quick. Marketing. Ken, Ken Rockson, Cooper Webb. Kenny Dunn. Is For he, the- is it done? For for, for the, the season, the season's the over. The season,
2: uh, I mean, and, and you know, unless something happens, I I feel like Arlington three and and this in this race are the two biggest defining. Define, home, yeah. Because I mean, we're talking about we could be if he held off the him those both times, and then um, I think maybe like he doesn't say he doesn't get a bad finish in the first Atlanta. We're. Almost tied going yeah, into well, the last the two minutes. The
1: Dean Wilson thing,
2: and the Dean the cost, Dean Wilson one. Yeah, you take three moments, and then well, the Dean Wilson one was, was but the other two was all on Roxon. Yeah, he just he he just let him have those. I mean, we're talking about as a fan, you want to see the the championship come down and know, like he really kind of has to answer the bill for that. I think that he's had a better season than anybody expected, and I'm proud of him, and I'm glad to see that he is coming back into being that title contender. Right. But I mean like like dude, you got like you had that those two moments shouldn't they can't happen.
1: I've been saying I think uh, Kenny's Cooper is in Kenny's head. He almost proved me wrong. He maybe second guess things Tuesday night. But Cooper Cooper just what he did Saturday night after Kenny made the mistake, it mm-hmm. fell apart for Kenny. He just couldn't get it back together. Again, we keep we use this over and over. Ken Cooper's like the sh- shark with see, yeah, smells I know blood in the it's water. crazy. Once he saw it, that was it. Like I could not believe how close and he closed, how quick he closed, and then he was like, I mean, hell, he was still trying to sort of blitz, jump the whoops, which isn't normally his thing. He was better in the whoops yeah. again than Ken there at the end, just like it, Arlington three, like or two, Arlington two, I think it was. Yeah. It's like he he just wins he wills yeah. it, man. He's Cooper is uh, yeah, unbelievable when it comes to locking in on mm-hmm. I'm gonna catch this guy, I'm got this guy, I'm gonna beat this guy. It's just the, the race mentality, the mental side of what he does, um is it's unreal. And like yeah. I don't know that he's that confident in real life. Like if you were to take him off the bike and just hanging out. If he would be as confident and believing in himself in those things as he is on the bike in those moments, he wills it to happen, and it's next level. I don't know that we've seen, other than maybe Ricky Carmichael, yeah, anything like Cooper Webb before. And
2: that's the that's the other side of it is yeah. is like he straight up has just gone and like,
1: like all right, nobody wants to take this championship. Yeah. I'll take it. It's not like McGrath in the '90s where McGrath lined up. And like I know I'm going to win, and everybody else knows they're fighting for second. It's yeah. not like that. It's just Cooper gets to that point. Doesn't matter how bad he qualifies. Doesn't necessarily matter how bad he starts. And it's not every week. And we saw him have a bad race in Atlanta. But when he when it comes down to crunch time and this has to be done, the man gets things done. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't take that he, away from him. It's just it's unreal. Like him or not, he is a bad mother effer on a motorcycle yeah. and just it's just in, The mental game you could. Whatever, any competent in the competitive spirit, he's what we all wish we could be yeah. competitive wise. It's uh,
2: that, there's been at least three or four races where I'm like, oh, they've got they, like he doesn't have it. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna drop back to sixth, yeah, and then he wins the race. Well, he's
1: done that, yeah, a
2: couple times. But then he comes back some other times and wins the race. Yeah, um, the we had. Uh, Hal said the big news is Tomac not a factor.
1: That is true. That yeah. is true. That's you know they're talking last night like well maybe Tomac comes out and outdoors and we get the old Tomac. I don't think I so, don't man. Know, man. I don't think I mean, so. I don't
2: think Cooper is – I mean, Cooper's not really an outdoor guy. I mean, maybe no, it changes it, around. I don't know.
1: Like him and Kenny, to me, are both out of the Nationals almost as far as – So who do you think? Is I think he's going to win the championship, and Cooper's not going to care about outdoors again. That's what I think, and he's going to be spent. They have so much effort, mental effort, physical effort into this championship. And it, whether Kenny ends up winning somehow or loses, same thing. He's going to be exhausted. Yeah mentally physically i don't see them being a factor long term consistently in nationals i think it's zach maybe eli adam c and cerullo um and chase those are the guys
2: yeah yeah chase i think yeah. that'd be good
1: i think that like the, the three big guys were zach ac maybe a little
2: bit of anderson chase
1: yeah jason i have some good races i don't think overall for the whole yeah. championship um but yeah those are the guys that i think i'm kind of leaning towards AP? AP will be good. I don't know if he'll. I don't know what to expect out of him outdoors. You know, yeah. he's been so much better this year. In I think. I think the being going Hopefully outdoors be bumps Ferrandis up two or three spots. Yeah, Dylan would uh, be good. I, I I would assume. Yeah, but, but we could be completely wrong. But I think. I think to me, the AC Chase and Zach are the favorites. <laughs> Someone
2: said Dean Wilson, twenty-one, outdoor champ.
1: Is <laughs> that Hal? Because Hal's. Yeah, yeah he's a super fan. Yeah, oh, that's funny. dude, I'd love to see Dean come back, man. That's he, funny. he he's he's working on it. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Yep, um, good show. Yep, I want to thank again all of our sponsors: Cherbies USA, X Brand Goggles, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Extreme Colors, R Jerky. Use promo code MotoXPod21. Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, Williams Moto Works, uh, and of course, use promo code MotoX for Blood Lubricants. Uh, that's it. Uh, if you want the hat, like I said, if you're a female listener, and you want the hat. Send me an email. Uh, what else? Uh, I don't I don't know how heard that he won. He's winning some of Cheruby's Plastic for being our top Hal Patreon. How did you hear that? Did we ever get the two guys I was looking for he said yes. addresses on? Did you ever see Scott Sampson or Twitter? Nope. Okay. Well, we'll hang out. We'll, we'll try again. We've got two hats for them. Other than that, guys, we're out of here. We will be back next week. We have episode 200 coming up soon. I don't know. It's going to be cool. I don't know if I have access to do a huge show like some other people do when they have big shows like that, but we're going to try something, to do something cool. Something special. We'll try something. Maybe we just won't do We'll skip it. We'll maybe. From 199 to 201 Maybe. Okay. Here. Maybe that's the, the, the last episode. Split
2: second idea, idea. You can go either uh, whatever you want to do with it. Have one of the – you're trying to get more people involved with fan stuff. Have the contest with whoever comes up with the best topic to talk about it could even be a cross CrossReddit thing. We'll bring them on the 200 show and they can be like a call in. Oh, yeah. Maybe with one of the interviews. We're kind or, of doing that
1: anyway, but. Yeah, but, but maybe could, bring bring somebody like in. Sure. I like yeah. that. Sure. Send me some ideas. MotoXpodShow at gmail.com. Yep,
2: try to get, you get, we'll have you call into the show and have you part.
1: All right. We're out of here, but stay tuned for Garrett Marchbanks. See ya. Hey, this is Aaron Plessinger and
0: you're listening to the MotoXpod Show.
1: What's up? Uh, on the line with me, a special guest brought to you by Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. At Berm Lords on Instagram, they're doing my graphics. They'll do your motorcycle graphics. They do your jerseys if you want them. Hit them up. Graphics at Bermlords dot Support our sponsors tonight. Berm Lords brings us from the Club MX FXR Yamaha team, Mister Garrett Marchbanks. What's up, Garrett? Hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. Glad to get you on the phone. Uh, let's uh, before we get into Atlanta three, let's just talk about your season, man. Um, overall, I feel like it's been a really good season. I mean, a whole lot of top fives, I think a six and really only two races with some bad results um, due to like some tip overs and some issues that we're going to talk about. But how do you feel about your first season with Club MX FXR?
4: I mean, the team is amazing. I mean, I didn't really expect it to be this great, but it's been awesome. I mean, I couldn't couldn't be more thankful for the team. I mean, Brandon and everyone and Scott Jeffrey, they, they just worked their butt off. And it's just super cool to see a team like them want to put the work in and, and try to grow. So it's it's been great and love the bike also. I mean, everything's been great.
1: Yeah, we had you on I think right before your season kicked off and you talked about how good the bike was and pretty much, you know, and then Brandon was on pulp and talked about like, look, all the bikes are the same, but we're giving them everything they need to do well and we're seeing that. I mean, Dominique made his first, you know, main after a couple of rounds and he made a bunch of them after that. He's getting better. Jace has been doing well. Like the team just look there's there's some results that could have been better, but like it it's hard first of all to compete against the factory teams, but you guys are doing it.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was I was on one of those big teams at one point sure. and I mean, the B on this team, I mean, a lot of people say it's it's not a factory team. The bike's not good. Your line just No, the bike is really good. I mean, no joke. I think it's better a little bit better power-wise than my PC bike, like I said. Wow. It just, I, I just want to say the, the the power management, I guess you'd call it, the range of the power is better, and it's a better fit for me, for sure, just for how big of a guy I am.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty, you know, look, the Yamaha's a hell, hell of a platform to start with anyway, uh, so they, it seems like they just did a few things to improve it, and those bikes are pretty much race-ready, <laughs> minus the suspense, suspension maybe right out of the crate. Oh, for sure.
2: Um so you know kind of going on that on the team aspect a little bit not being on the factory team anymore does do you do you like the kind of the underdog role or maybe like it's more of a accomplishment when some when you do get the podiums or the or the wins does does that change your mindset at all going from the factory to the to the privateer team or just kind of how do how do you look at that
4: heck i mean it definitely makes you want it more for sure I mean, just to show people what you can do yeah. um, on this team. And just, like I said, I mean, the bike's great. I'm not making any excuses. Everything is, I mean, I feel like at a factory level. But, mm, yeah. I mean, just, I, it definitely, at Orlando, when we got that podium the first round, I mean, it definitely felt, I mean, I've won races and taken seconds and thirds. And, I mean, I feel like that third meant more than the win at Daytona in a way just because, I came from, you know, blowing my knee out, taking eight months off from racing, and then just to come back and take a third like that, that was that was pretty special. Just not even me, but to the team to get
1: their first podium as well. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Those guys got to be happy. I mean, I, I talk to Mike every so often, and, um, you know, and I, like, I've heard what Filthy Phil has to say. The facility itself sounds like it's – top notch right i mean there's multiple tracks and you got trails if you want to go do that but it's they're giving you all the tools you need to do well and i think uh i I believe i mean you've shown you you've continued to show your talent right It, it wasn't a fluke at daytona last year uh the pro circuit ride wasn't a fluke i mean you have a lot of ability a lot of talent and you haven't reached your ceiling yet i don't believe
4: yeah for sure i mean heck um I definitely know there was more podiums than me this year, even though we've got one to go. I feel like I can do it again, even with east West shootout. Yeah. But I mean, heck, I definitely had, like you said, a lot of top fives to six. Um, I mean, I feel like I for sure would have had another podium at Atlanta one just due to a bad crash and, um, difficulty getting the bike started. But I mean, besides that, I've been definitely been wanting to get on the podium more, but, definitely happy with all the top fives and just being consistent this year
1: yeah if people don't realize your uh, your results you talked about the third at orlando daytona you went fifth at arlington you went five four six i mean that's and, and those the first track kind of sucked uh the last track where you got six was a hell of a race track at least from our our perspective and then you went uh you got a fifth at arlington two obviously arlington three went really bad but the arlington one race you're talking about you were second until lap seven, and then you had a crash and came back. What fourteenth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Jeez, what a difference! What a difference the points would be, right? If that without that, and then I mean, obviously, Arlen or Atlanta three. Man, that one's that one's on you a little bit, but.
4: Uh, but yeah, no, for sure. But
1: you're killing it, man, <laughs> and uh, you know, like right now. Okay, you talked about the the showdown, right? Coming up in uh, two weeks, you'll be back racing the the East guys, and right now. You got uh, your two down on uh, Thrasher and 13 down yep. on Jalik. So I feel like those two spots are very doable. What is your game plan to go into the showdown? Is it the same as always? Is it is there anything different because it's a showdown?
4: I mean, I, I mean just keep riding like I've been. Yeah. I mean, just ride like myself, I feel like. I mean, if I could ride like myself, I feel like I could for sure put it back on the box. But... I honestly wouldn't say there's gonna be much I'd be changing, you know. I mean I'm kind of out of the top three points, which really sucks. So it's just just now just for this last round, just put in one good last final result you can do of supercross. All right. Fair enough.
2: So when like when you get to the track and you see it and then you get through your free practice and then go through your qualifyings, how how much does it affect you like how you you feel that day, like sometimes, like, you know, obviously there's going to be tracks that agree with you more than others. Does that translate to better results for you? Or do you feel like, you know, you see Cooper Webb, he'll, he'll qualify like 14th and then he'll come win the race. Do you, do you kind of seem to get better uh, results from when you felt good at the beginning? Or do you, do you kind of turn it around and not, what seems to happen to you most in those scenarios?
4: Um, honestly, I'm kind of the same way. I feel like, I mean, you look at Orlando, I qualified ninth or 10th and i mean i felt terrible all day i could not put solid laps together and it just seemed like when the heat races came around and the main i feel like i was able to put good laps in and i was i was able to manage a third and um i feel like i've never really been a great qualifier yeah qualifying rider but it always seems like by the main i'm able to you know put it all together and put a good top five in even though if i say qualified ninth or eighth or something like that
1: right well that's where it counts man obviously um i want to talk about you know look we're almost done with supercross outdoors uh you guys are going outdoors for sure oh yeah obviously because filthy's ra- racing part of the team um are you excited to switch gears and get outdoors
4: oh for sure i mean i missed all of last year due to yeah. an injury and, i mean i love outdoors i think it's fun able to you know hang it out there and it's just it's just different. I mean, I have always been a, I feel like a better outdoor rider than supercross and I definitely feel like with this bike it's just it fits me really well. I mean, we just got back on the outdoors this week and okay. it, It's definitely been it's been fun.
1: Man, I'm looking forward to it. Like it's kind of we even though this feels for you guys it probably feels like a long season cuz you're racing so much in the week, but for like us, it's like it's almost it's already over and it sh- doesn't feel like it should be. Uh, because everything's happened so fast, but it is, I am kind of excited to shift gears and get outdoors and get to the, the man side of the sport, right? The heat and the humidity and the, the brutality of outdoors. It's going to be exciting. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Let's, let's get to, uh, let's get to Saturday, dude. Uh, I don't know if you heard Cameron's response on pulp last night. He, he really said very little about it, man. I, I really, I respected how he was. He didn't blow you out. He didn't get mad. He's just like, dude. It's a bummer. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it too much. You know, he didn't say anything about it on the podium. I think that's pretty respectful to, you know, take some time and think about it. Um, you also uh, posted an apology. but I want to give you a chance to talk, man. Like, uh, walk us through it. Oh, heck, I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> before, I mean, well, before we get going, this is a pretty dramatic thing that happened, right? It's news. We're all talking about it. Like, how many people did have you been blown out or have a bunch of media guys reached out to you to try to get your side of it? Or uh, are we the first? No, you
4: guys are the first. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Well, give us a story, bro.
4: Heck, I mean, um, what what do you want to hear? I mean... Okay. I, I... So,
1: <laughs> there, look, there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. Uh, Garrett was mad because, uh, you know, Pro Circuit let him go, right? Garrett was mad, or then you, you kind of commented that there was some cross-jumping going on, and we had heard that from some others, and uh kind kinda said I didn't think I was cross jumping in front of him, but so let's let's go with that. The, you talk about the cross jumping. What started it? What fired you up? What made you angry enough to get it make that aggressive move that you made comment on, on the on Instagram?
4: I mean, honestly, to be honest, I, I, I think it was just more just how the week was going from Tuesday to Saturday. Just it was just you know, I feel like I got a good start mm-hmm. on Tuesday the red flag happened and it was just kind of crazy you know I've never really seen anyone you know cause a red flag and then be able to get back up and race it I mean I I just never knew that was a thing yeah and not even that I mean I give him respect I mean he, he is a tough dude um I respect his hard work everything like that but it's just when he, in that after the red flag on Tuesday, he crossed, jumped me pretty hard. Where actually he crashed, and I basically had to check up in case the three, and I almost crashed.
1: Oh wow, okay.
4: And I was just kind of like, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, hold on the dial, try to let it go, whatever. And um, yeah, and then it came on the uh, Saturday, um, heck in, in the main, you know, red flag again, and <laughs> yeah. I had a great start. I felt like I think I was top five, and you know got a bad star after the red star after the red flag um was pretty irritated with that coming through the pack and i seen it was him and it wasn't like after red flag i was like oh i'm gonna you know pump this dude it was just more when i caught him i was trying to pass him and i think after whoops a lot of guys were going two four four and i went two four i want to go for the next one he full you know went left and i was just kind of like whoa i had to check up cased it and that, that kind of just lit it right there. You know, it's just kind of, you've been cross jump pretty hard twice off two pretty big jumps. And, you know, did I mean to hit him that hard? No, I did not mean, I miscalculated that pass really dang bad, you know. And I, I definitely was intending an aggressive move, but not that aggressive.
1: Yeah, I'm sure typically like all the guy, all the pros and the ex pros said, look, if you're going to be aggressive and take somebody out, you It's you don't take yourself out, or you, or or it it was too aggressive, you you know. So I appreciate you, you know, the fact that you're acknowledging that, like it was, it was more than what you expected. Let me ask you, man. So did anybody ever come to you after Tuesday? Did the team or anybody show you the rules, right? Because there is a rule in there about a red flag if uh, if it's caused before the certain point, before the staggered restart point, that the rider can restart. So by the rules, technically he was allowed to race. Did anybody ever kind of let allow you to give you that information? I mean, I, I did
4: see it after the race, yeah. but I seen a bunch of different ones saying sure. you could, you couldn't. And I was just kind of like, you know, let it go by that point. But I mean, I've caused the red flag growing up as an amateur and I know it's amateurs, but it's like, I caused the red flag once I got up, tried the up again. they were like, no, you're not lining up. You caused red flag. So yeah. I just thought in my head, I was like, well, I thought it was the same thing, you know?
1: Yeah, I get, I get that, you know, and you guys are racing for points, and every point matters, and it, it, I could see where it's frustrating. Um, and, you know, there's some people like Mathis believes, hey, if you cause a red flag, even like the red, they, a lot of people are like, hey, they threw the red flag because they were on top of the, the the tunnel and they just couldn't get down. Like, he was moving, but they decided to get him down safely. That's why the red flag came out. So should he be penalized for that? And Mathis was like, yeah, dude, if you're in a crash, that caused a red flag. In my opinion, this is all Steve you know, yeah, you should be there. You're out. And I don't totally disagree with that, but that, I guess that's just not the rule. So, I mean, I get it. Like I, I kind of was worried about his safety, right? I mean, we don't know what's going on inside his body after Tuesday, after that big crash and there could have been internal stuff. So I was a little bit concerned with that, but, um, but your, your opinion is that you don't feel like he should have been allowed to race again Tuesday, correct?
4: Um, in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, if the I, rule book that, se- if the rule book says you can, I mean, yeah. then, then you can I'm not going to disagree with that. Sure, but sure. I mean, it's frustrating. Look, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it's whatever race and race racing. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to hit on them because of it. I mean, it, it it is what it is, I
1: guess you'd say. Yeah. I understand.
2: So, well, it, this is kind of a, a little late. We kind of, but when, uh, if i think if he, if he wasn't in the championship battle if he wasn't one of the main characters in the championship story do you, i don't think that that move gets as much attention as as it has because i think that so i think i think that was a normal racing move but because he's one of the championship contenders it gets blown out of a purport, which one are we proportion we're talking about the crash His, or, or march him him and, and them two getting oh. into it yeah. I I think that that gets a lot more highlight because he's one of the storylines in the championship. If he was just another guy that was running 6 or 7 points, I think that was I think we would have just kind of yeah, moved if that on was from Yeah, Ray
1: and Kate. It's just another side of it. Yeah, night. <laughs> it was just, you
2: know, it was entertaining for that couple minutes, but because yeah. it was that and and because you you've had a a history with that team, you know, it gets blown out of proportion. So I don't right. think it is as bad as it's gotten highlighted.
1: Yeah, and if if people didn't see your post, like you said a couple things that I mean, I don't know. I have to have some res- some respect for what you said. Like you, you said, you know, you admitted that it was supposed to be an aggressive pass, and then he's like, "Hey, I was complaining about him being hazardous, but then I realized after calming down that I was the hazardous guy." And, and I think it, it's sort of like when Dino apologized after getting in the way at Houston two or whatever. It's like it takes it takes a big man to admit that they made a mistake, especially nowadays with social media and all the keyboard warriors, like it, you kind of want to just be like, you know what, F you, I don't owe you anything, but you did it. Yeah,
4: I mean, I just, you know, it was, yeah, it was definitely a, a tough call, you know, sure. I mean, I definitely felt bad. I wanted people to know it wasn't due to the, you know, PC, like, I'm not salty about it. I don't, I have nothing against them. They were, like I said in my post, they were, they were a great team. I loved it when I was there, and you know I'm I'm on to a new team, and I mm-hmm. like these guys just as much. And people could argue with me all they want to on that part. I mean, I signed a two-year deal here. Not a lot of people know that, but that's just how much I like it here. I mean, it's a great facility, great team, and I just feel like they're they're really hungry for it. And I just want people to make that clear too. It's just yeah. like that, that's that's that has nothing to do with it. Is about the. The team, like, I just want pe- to make that clear, you know. And, yeah. Well, it, I mean, it was just more than anything. It was just, you know, about the cross jumping. That's just more what irritates me. I mean, I, I hate people that cross jump me or ride dirty with me before anything. So. Sure,
1: yeah. And I think that's fair, man. I mean, riders, you get that way. You get heated on the track. I mean, look, dude, one of my be- better friends, I was talking to him today when I posted that you were coming on. He was like, is he going to admit that he was mad at pro circuit? And, like, he just he's not going to care what you say. He believes that way. And that's, hey, well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I, I wanted to give you a chance to come on here and give your story. And, I mean, honestly, I, I have no reason to not believe you. Like, it, it, it'd be kind of silly to still be mad at Pro Circuit over that, right? They, they're a business. They made a business decision. Whether you, Garrett, or I or whoever agree with it, it is what it is. You've moved on. You're doing, hell, you're probably doing, I didn't look at your points last year, but you may be doing better this year than you did last year on Pro Circuit.
4: I, I agree I mean last year yeah I took fourth I missed third by two even though I was hurt but okay you you look at you look at the riders though in a way this coast is way more stacked this year than it was last year I was racing too like I mean a lot of the guys I think three or four big name guys last year got hurt or pulled out of the points to stay in it for this year oh yeah, yeah. so I mean like not throwing anyone under the bus, like bus but it's sure. just kind of like I feel like this year i, I I feel like I made a big progress in staying consistent. Like that was my goal this year: was to try to stay top five in every main event, so you can, you know, hopefully make a run at it in the last two rounds. You know, I, I had to throw away round in Atlanta one and, and three, which really sucks. But you know, it is what it is. You got next year. Yeah, you, just gotta you got learn, outdoors.
1: You just got to learn from it, and you're young still, man. I mean, I think you are learning, and just like I said, but hearing you talk, uh, you'll. You'll move on, you'll improve, you'll take this into next year, and maybe if there's another time when you're frustrated, you'll be like, Yeah, take it take making this move may not be worth a fourteenth and you know, you'll learn from it. So I, I think that's all that can be expected from a guy your age, you know, and just yeah, learning.
2: Um, hey, what's what's your what's your favorite thing about the Club MX facility? Is it is it a section on a track or is it like what what is it about the place that is your favorite thing? Filthy Phil.
4: Phil Phil is pretty funny. I do like Phil, Mm -hmm. but, uh, heck, um, I I guess just the environment, you know, just everyone's super cool, you know, mellow, not so intense. And I feel like that with a lot of teams nowadays, everyone's just put so much pressure on you and the, you know, podium races. And I feel like here at club, I mean, everyone's the trainer and the, you know, part of the team. So, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty cool part and it's just, yeah, I think just the environment's super cool around here.
1: Yeah, it seems like you got like Weeds coming out and riding. Oh, that's kind of cool. I have Weeds and his kid. I think came out a couple times.
4: Yeah, I think so. I don't think I've seen that. Okay, all
1: right. Well, yeah. I believe they've been out there, but yeah. Um, well, man, again, I I really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking about it. You could have easily just decided you didn't want to deal with it. Uh, it it's something obviously everybody's talking about. I wanted to get your side because I've heard Cameron's a couple different times on the press conference and whatever. Um. So I, I appreciate you, man. It means a lot. Um, I do want to. Uh, I'll see you at the showdown. So I look forward to that. Um, and I want to wish you good luck there. And just again, I want to say thank you. No, thank you for having me. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So hey, last question. Though, I, I meant to ask you this: How was the team Saturday night? Were they? You know, I mean, again, it's a business, right? They're they have sponsors. They <laughs> probably weren't super stoked, but I imagine. I imagine they they talked to you and you know you guys discussed it and just do you mind talking about how that went down?
4: I mean, yeah, I heck, I mean they're pretty bummed about it. They're sure. just kind of like you know that wasn't the very very smart decision to do. And I was like, yeah, I think you don't have to tell me that. But, <laughs> right, right, okay. I mean, it was just kind of like everyone was just kind of like you know what, it happens, move on, and we'll 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 deal with it and see what happens. And yeah, yeah it, it was. I think they were more surprised for how how blown out it, it got, but I mean, we're getting through it, we'll be fine. So well
1: it'd be good to have uh, a basically two, another two week break, maybe to die down a little bit. We'll come back for the showdown and uh maybe yeah, maybe get a podium. Yeah, for sure. All right, Garrett. Hey man, thank you so much. You uh you have a good rest of the week and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, so, sounds good. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye. Yep, bye.